0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: This is a little bit more of an easy listening episode. We've been uh, firing on all cylinders recently, and it's the holidays, and we all need a little bit of a break, so we're just going to do a little bit of a Q&A. Um, our first question comes from uh, Julian in Inglewood. Uh, he said, um, what does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? What does Marcellus Wallace look like? what is he black what? what what ain't no country i ever heard of they speak english and what what does he look like a bitch? what <laughs> say what again motherfucker i dare you okay okay our uh second question also from julian and in inglewood um <laughs> we happy
2: oh yeah we happy
1: okay Whew. our next question comes from uh, Mia Wallace in the valley um, she said what did the squished com- tomato say to the other tomato mustard god damn it Greg <laughs> And finally, for Mr. Tarantino, um... No, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't gonna no. say it. I wasn't gonna say it.
2: No, you weren't. <laughs> Is there a sign outside my house that says dead intro storage? Uh,
1: <laughs> I was looking for a way out. I knew you guys would stop me. I wasn't gonna sca- say it. Sca-
2: scared you, didn't I? <laughs> Welcome back to the Movies for Win podcast, everybody. If you couldn't tell, we're actually not going to start with the Q&A. We're going to start with our discussion, a deep dive of a little film you might have heard of, 1994's Pulp Fiction.
3: It's really indie. A lot of people haven't heard of it, actually, so I'm really excited we're covering it.
2: Pretty niche. Which
0: brings me
1: to our special guest joining us for today's episode.
3: Hello. This is Vanessa.
1: Producer and savior of the show, Vanessa Taylor, who will be joining us for the entirety of the episode. Yeah, because produce,
2: she produce, savior, Vanessa, save you, sir. Save you, sir. Save
1: you, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, no thank not you, me, ma'am. you,
0: sir.
1: <laughs> you, sir. Too, sir.
0: Man.
2: Yeah. Uh well, yeah. Uh, it's it's Thanksgiving week. Um. We're all a little busy. I did not have time to watch three movies ahead of when I would be able to record this week because I would have recorded on Thanksgiving. Definitely don't have time for that. So we're just going to do one-and-done movie that everybody loves, and we're going to end the show with a Q&A. Um, if you posted a question on Facebook, then we're going to answer it.
1: And if Denny texted all you directly down. and <laughs> solicited Wait, I... questions, uh-huh. we're going to answer those, too. And if you were at friend of the show, BFF of the show, Abby Howe's Bachelorette Party, and you asked Vanessa a question, we're going to answer those, too. That's right. We didn't quite get the traction we wanted on the Q&A post, so we had to start asking people directly to ask us questions, <laughs>
2: Guerrilla crowdsourcing, baby. Um, We're
1: very grassroots here at Movies for When.
2: I'm only prepared for the ones I saw on Facebook, so the other ones are going to be surprise. off the cuff. Off <laughs> the cuff. I like a good surprise. I'll, I'll do my best to handle it. Well, I didn't uh, prepare
3: we... for any of them, so you That's and me better. together,
1: yeah. I didn't prepare for any of them either. I just read them. <laughs> like, I didn't think of my answers for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hell yeah,
2: dude. Uh, I got them all typed out over here, luckily. Um, Denny, before we get into the Q&A, we do have to talk about the movie that we're going to talk about. Before we talk about the movie we're going to talk about, I need you to talk about summarizing the plot of the movie we're going to talk about.
1: All right, I'm going to summarize the plot of Pulp Fiction. Thankfully, I have a film degree, because this would be very hard to do without it. And we're going to get into my take on the story structure. I'm sure everybody will be excited. But basically, um, Pulp Fiction is a series of vignettes um, that are, some of them are more closely related than others. Um, basically, as our dear friend Samuel L. Jackson would put it, it's about gangsters doing gangster shit. And yep. if Bonnie saw it, she would be none too pleased. Um, <laughs> so, gosh, where to start? We start with um, Pumpkin and Honey Bun in a diner talking about robbing it cut to jules and vince in a car getting ready to do a job uh to to ice some people to take them out but there's a lot of organic dialogue um that is just really fucking cool about royales with cheese and foot massages and tony rocky horror and um basically they go in there samuel l jackson just does the most samuel l jackson things he could possibly do And we see a golden glowing briefcase. um, And then we just kind of cut away from that. We jump to the boss man, Marcellus Wallace, uh, who is fixing a fight with Butch, um, paying him to go down in the fifth. Say it.
2: He's going down in the fifth. Your
1: ass goes down in the fifth. Um, (laughs) um, Then uh, Jules and Vince walk in and very different and kind of dorky clothes yes. Uh they look like dorks um, and then we find out that Vince is gonna take Marcellus's wife out as a favor that night um, or soon and then they go out they go to a 50s restaurant um, and uh, she overdoses on heroin he has to save her life they agree not to tell Marcellus about it uh, cut an to OD
3: between friends yep. super cash <laughs>
1: Cut to Christopher Walken telling a nice story about shoving a watch up his ass for years on end. Mm. Um, Then uh, he gives it to Bruce Willis, who then goes and doesn't. His ass does not go down in the fifth. He fucking kills the other fighter. And his ass goes down the balcony alley into Miss Villalobos' car. Uh, She's a cabbie. She drives him to Fabian, who is the most adorable and wonderful character in the movie.
3: The only wholesome person.
1: The only wholesome Mm -hmm. person possibly in the world, honestly, (laughs) I was going to say, in the movie. Um, And then he realizes she forgot his fucking watch on the kangaroo, his Christopher Walken ass watch. So he has to go back and get it, and he kills Vince. Um, And... Who is... Who is shitting... Uh-huh. Um, who's shitting. Um, then, just as he's about to get away with all of it, he sees Marcellus Wallace buying some donuts and walking with them. He immediately runs over him. A fight ensues. Long story short, they get captured by hillbillies. Marcellus gets raped. Bruce Willis saves him. And they agree not to talk about it again as he loses his L.A. privileges and rides off into the sunset. Cut to... Mm-hmm. That scene from earlier with the big kahuna burger and all the motherfuckers. Vince and Jules are back in the apartment. Um, holy shit, this guy comes out with a hand cannon and just starts firing and he misses them. And Jules thinks it's a miracle. He thinks it's divine intervention. Uh, John Travolta, Vince, proceeds to shoot Marvin? Marvin?
3: Yeah.
1: Shoot, sure. Mar- shoot Marvin in the face. Blood is everywhere. In they the go- car. <laughs> in the car.
3: Yeah, yeah. They don't mean to. It's an accident. Yep. He goes over a bump and he just blows his brains yep. out.
1: He didn't go over
2: no motherfucking bump.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then they uh, uh, they go to Quentin Tarantino's very racist house, uh, where Quentin Tarantino <laughs> says some racist things, and then uh, they ain't got no problem because Marcellus motherfucker, is on the motherfucker does he. <laughs> He's sending the the wolf. Harvey Keitel shows up to save the fucking day. Yes, he does. uh, In one of the coolest performances of his entire career of cool-ass performances. So good. Um, They save the day. They go back to the diner where our dear friends Pumpkin and Butter are still there robbing the fucking diner. And then they make a mistake. They rob Jules. And he's like bad motherfucker this i can't give you the briefcase it's not mine to give
3: Yeah, he's like you can have my wallet and all my other shit but i can't give you this will- yeah. briefcase. yeah
1: well he gives him the cash out of the wallet yeah, he yeah, still yeah, wants yeah. to keep his he wallet
3: which
1: is awesome um he does his favorite uh non-fictional bible verse that's not actually in the bible he's had a spiritual change and he's not going to go back to the life they go vince and jules decide they should get the hell out of dodge and this is probably sounding pretty nonsensical to you yes. if you haven't seen it. And you know what, guys? It just works.
3: 100%. It's
2: your fault for not having seen it. It
1: just
3: works. Oh, yeah. This is a... We should have put the disclaimer at the front, but, like, also, you're wrong for not having seen it, so you mm-hmm. don't deserve a spoiler.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll give this the one the whiplash warning. Uh, too late. <laughs> too late. After I literally <laughs> spoiled everything you could about the whole movie. Uh, Pulp Fiction gets the whiplash warning. Um, Greg, just censor the whole thing. I'm put kidding. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so
3: put it in the description.
1: No, but um, we'll we'll get Let's into do another intro, baby. <laughs> all right. I, I think we'll have a good discussion about why it works. Um, but uh, that's that's for later. I think we should all go around and say our relationship with the movie. I'm getting kind of thirsty because I talked for a long time. Someone mm. else go first.
2: Vanessa, go.
3: Okay. Um, well, I don't think, yeah, I had never seen this film before, uh, Denny and I were together, and so this was one, I want to say that you put it on our list one of the years. I don't Um, think so. Maybe not. Or it was just, uh, we have to watch this movie, um, and so we watched it, I really liked it, um, I didn't really understand, I hadn't seen very many Tarantino films at the time, so this may have been, it honestly might have been my first Tarantino, I'm not sure about that. We watched uh, Reservoir Dogs very similar, like, different time. Mm -hmm. It was, like, a similar time, so maybe watch that first. Um, But anyway, it it was similarly timed that I hadn't really seen it, didn't really know what I was getting into. Uh, Followed it fairly well, but it's also, like, like Denny's description, it's told very out of order. And so uh, there's a lot of time jumps, like, you see Vince die, and then it goes back in time... Like, before he's died, back to when he's still alive, like, the end scene is in the middle, actually, of the actual story, and things like that. So it's it's all kind of out of order, so I had a little bit of a hard time following it. But don't you worry, because there was a stretch of time when this movie was on repeat in our home. Um, and now when I say repeat, I mean Denny finished it and literally would restart it. And so we watched it, I can't even tell you how many times, like so many times to the point that I was like, God, please not Pulp Fiction. Literally anything but Pulp Fiction. Denny was trying to draw, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's face and needed the inspiration, and so we just kept watching it. It didn't get that much better. Like, it was not bad, but, like, some of the drawings were really, really bad, and so he just had to keep watching it to get a better idea. Instead of looking it up on his phone... Of what Samuel L. Jackson looks like. They weren't
1: good enough
0: pictures.
3: They weren't good enough. He needed to see the whole movie. And I want to say we at least watched that scene, like, a couple scenes from it, like, three or four times in one day before I was just like, I can't anymore. And so we paused for a little while. Um, I actually, when I was making my list of top ten movies, I think begrudgingly, it might be close to my top ten. It's not in my top ten, but I really did consider putting it on there. Despite my best efforts, I really do love this film, but Denny really sure tried to, like, make me hate it by the amount of times that he forced me to watch this movie.
1: You know, COVID affected all of us differently, (laughs) and (laughs) that was in the first week of the shutdown, and I was just like, I must draw Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) I must do it.
2: Well, you have to, naturally.
3: Yeah, naturally. What about you, Greg?
2: Uh, Uh... I mean, I feel like I'm the typical person here where I didn't see it until college. And then I watched it a few times in that in that time period. I mean, only a couple times since. I think the last time I had seen it was, I think you had come over to maybe my old apartment. Mm-hmm. And then we all no, watched it, it together. One. Okay, yeah. We
1: got a lot of chicken strips that day. I remember it well.
3: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And then, uh, that was, yeah, maybe a year ago, maybe a little less. And then we watched, oh. Oh, that was, like, 2018. Well, we've only been living here for, like, <laughs> a little over like, a yeah, year. I was yeah,
3: I think it, it was 2018.
1: Okay, maybe it was a year ago. What do I know about knowing stuff?
2: There you go. Just take it from me and the producer. Um. <laughs> and then, yeah, watched it again this weekend. I don't know how many times I've seen it, honestly. This might be, like between seven and ten for me i'm really not sure um it's one of those movies where the more times you wa- it's you see it one time and like vanessa was saying the scenes being out of order you might get a little confused about what's going on but you remember everything that happens mm-hmm. like my fiance, who's on the floor over here watching stuff on her ipad she um uh, the time we all watched it together at our apartment that was her first time ever seeing it mm-hmm. and we watched it again this weekend and even though she maybe didn't remember the entire story structure she remembered every scene that happened like all the lines were going and she was kind of saying them along with the movie every once in a while and just having a great time like every scene is iconic and it's just the more times you watch it the more cohesive the story gets and you do fully understand what happens. Uh, with enough repeat watches Mm. maybe not three times in the same day like some of
0: us (laughs) apparently
2: have done
3: and it wasn't even the whole thing because i've definitely seen the like uma thurman scene way less than i've seen every other scene in that movie oh yeah
1: samuel l jackson's not in that scene.
3: exactly
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: too bad you didn't try to
2: draw uma thurman
1: I can't draw girls. I learned how to draw from drawing pro wrestlers and Pokemon. Um He's sexist
3: is really what he's saying. No, it's That's no right. matter
1: how hard I try Whenever I draw a woman, she always has like a very a black
2: like, eye. Yes, sexist. No,
1: she always has like a chiseled jaw, a huge neck, really and a huge shoulders. sloping forehead. Like yeah. so,
2: she's she's always super hot.
1: I honestly probably can't draw like regular men either. I've learned how to draw from like drawing Triple H over and over again. Like everyone is jacked when I draw them. <laughs>
3: particular looking man. Do now. a self
2: portrait. I'm curious.
1: <laughs> I just draw a pear with a smiley face on it
3: <laughs> it's
2: got a beard it's me
1: god didn't know this was the, the roast denny taylor hour on movies for when um so my history with oh, Pulp oh, Fiction.
2: we're just getting started boy
1: i'm aware um my, my history with pulp fiction i first saw it when uh, i was 15 or 16 and i was a good christian boy and i was very very concerned with the content of movies and if they were <laughs> sinful um and the theater kids corrupted me um and it was like a whole thing that denny was watching pulp fiction with them um mm-hmm. and uh
2: this movie's pretty sinful
1: yeah it's there. <laughs> oh i was like praying the whole time I
0: watched it.
1: <laughs> but it ended and i was like that was fantastic i'm never watching it again Mm. um and if i'd only held true to that promise vanessa would have been much happier in march 2020 (laughs) but um a couple years later i did watch it again uh i slowly watched it more and more when i was in uh film school my roommates who weren't in film school would uh their running joke was that like anytime i told a story about talking to a professor or an advisor they'd be like and then he said hold on this is my favorite scene in pulp fiction um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> their their running joke was that everyone who worked in the film school was just constantly watching Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I had a professor dedicate an entire class to explaining his theory on the story structure. And I think he's right. And I'm going to get into it later. And it's one of those that, like, I guess, like, in, uh, like, really the, like, mid to back half of my 20s just every time i watched it i liked it more and more until it just became one of my all-time favorite movies ever and even yesterday i watched it i watched it yesterday and i had a friend over last night and he was like yeah i actually don't think i've seen it start to finish like in one pass um and i was seriously like so do you want to watch it like, for like the <laughs> second, I was totally ready to just, this two and a half hour movie, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna dedicate, uh, uh, what's, what's 2.5 plus 2.5? Five? Five, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna dedicate five hours today to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I was ready to do it, but alas, it did not happen.
3: Have we ever watched it, like, chronologically, or is there a cut of it chronologically? Oh, there's
1: gotta be. Because I wonder I think there's just how be. that would
3: be. I mean, obviously, it would not make that much sense, but...
2: Yeah, it it would switch perspective an awful lot. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it would. Yes.
1: I mean, it would essentially be an anthology. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> where do we start? Where do we start with Pulp Fiction? Well, so
2: this is a one-movie deep-dive episode with a and a Why did you select this movie of all movies? to be the only movie for this one because i gave you the choice yeah uh our only other solo movie episode was pig and that felt like a uh you know a two-person choice i kind (laughs) of wanted to give you this one but uh why did you pick pulp fiction for this
1: do you really want to know yeah sure Because Vanessa was out of town this weekend, and I didn't want to torture her with making her sit through it again, (laughs) and I was really surprised when she wanted to participate in the episode. I was like, "Hell yeah!" Um, Now she's going to talk about it. I wanted to watch it again, and Vanessa wasn't going to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I also thought that it um, had—I thought it had the legs too. You know, like I was just like, we could really, really go infinitely deep into Pulp Fiction. So I I just thought it was a good fit for if we're going to like try to dive a little deeper than normal and also like i wanted a heavy hitter you know like you don't Mm -hmm. like i wasn't about to pick um i don't know nightmare on elm street five like you know like i I wanted a like ah i wanted just like an all-time heavy metal ass like i didn't want something like weird or niche you know like i wanted to do like a big fucking name movie and pulp fiction fits and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies ever made, and honestly, was wondering when we were going to do it on the show. So
2: yeah, it's you know I love it too, and it's just like, what episode would this be part of if it wasn't its own thing? Mm-hmm. You know,
0: eleven's
1: <laughs> barking. Eleven, cut it out, baby.
2: Barky dogs. I mean, it are would gonna Sorry, be barky God. dogs. It would literally yeah.
1: have to go in like a Tarantino episode, but now we can dive a little deeper into Tarantino when yeah. we eventually do that.
0: Mm.
2: Let's go foot first into Tarantino's uh film work. Yeah. Just like he'd like it. Gosh. Uh I
1: almost suggested favorite uh favorite foot <laughs> for for our gimmick of the week. Oh my
3: god. <laughs> I mean it's got to be him at their once.
1: Yeah. Um Huh? Can I get my story structure rant out of the way? Yes. Yeah, sure. So this is from Professor Stuart Kelvin at University of Texas Film School. His theory that he passed on to me about why this story works and why it resonates is that even though the events happen out of time sequence, they still follow the story structure that we are familiar with in all movies. Mm-hmm. And in fact, for this narrative to follow that structure, you had to tell it out of time sequence. I think that's um, because true. of the rise and fall mm-hmm. of everything. His theory is simply that... Um, it is a movie about second chances and what people do with them, mm-hmm. um, and I think it really holds up because even like when we first see uh, Pumpkin and Honey Bun, they're talking about how they've gotten away with some robberies already, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they're already burning through some chances at, at, at things. Um, so basically, we start with Pumpkin and Honey Bun. They have a second chance, and they have chosen to repeat the action intentionally. Do it again. They they got away with some robberies, and they're going to rob some more. Um, cut to Vince and Mia, who get a second chance after this scary overdose scene and nothing bad happens and it's all just okay. They get a second chance. They're not going to intentionally do that again, but they have also learned nothing. Like, they, like, took nothing away from the experience. They were yeah. just like, huh, whew, we got away with it. Sweet. And we see that later um, when they, like, see each other uh, after the fight gets thrown. They're like, oh, I never got to thank you for dinner. You know, like, we see that they just, mm-hmm. they they put that in there very intentionally to show you, first of all, this is the time that this is happening. Dinner's already happened. Um, and second of all, um, they're just going on with their lives. You know, like, they, yeah,
2: they, they settled right back into their norms. Yep.
1: 100%. Then we get to Butch and Marcellus. Who each get a, like, and this is what I love. When we get, like, to the, like, point of no return, Butch is getting a second chance, and he basically keeps trying to blow it. He's, like, constantly (laughs) being so careless and so stupid in such a high-stakes situation um, that he's, like, clearly not, like, aware that he has a new lease on life right now, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And then we see um, they run into each other, Marcellus is being raped and Bruce gets away. He realizes he has a second chance and he chooses to pay it forward and give Marcellus a second chance mm-hmm. and Marcellus in return after Bruce or Butch rescues him, Marcellus pays that forward and gives Butch another second chance. They forgive each other and they also used their second chance to do something good, not just look out for themselves Then we get to the penultimate. Jules has a second chance after not getting shot and getting away with that murder. Um, And not only does he give a second chance to Dear dear Pumpkin and Honey Bun, um, he chooses to give them a second chance and get out of the life that he is in. He chooses to take away some meaning from what he has experienced and so he does, like, the best thing we've seen so far is you use your second chance to give another person a second chance. Mm-hmm. But what we haven't seen yet is Jules says, fuck this life, I'm leaving. I'm just done. Mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to wander the streets and get into adventures. That's what he says is his plan. Yeah. I'll just be Jules. Um,
2: I'll wander the earth. No, he's going to be a bum. No, I'll just be Jules.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. All that goes to say, that's not, like, an official, like, reason why. It's just my film school screenwriting professor's reason why. It's always worked for me. It always uh, made me like the movie more. What are are y'all's thoughts on that theory?
3: Well, you explained it to me when we watched it you know the 15th time or something like that um <laughs> but but probably
2: I, like... not an exaggeration but yeah
3: <laughs> but, but we we've had this conversation so i i remember you telling me about this very excitedly um and and i i think it really does hold up like it's a to me it makes the most sense of like knowing the way that this story like is intentionally broken up in this way and why he chose to tell it out of order not just to be like we're doing something kooky um, because while Tarantino is a weird guy, he generally has a reason for the way that he does things in his films. Um, and so I think like that makes the most sense. I really like that idea of the second chances. You can see that like it tracks with all of that, um, with each characters either taking their second chance or misabusing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Greg, your thoughts?
2: Yeah. I think you, you brought it up right before we watched it together. Uh, the last time I saw it, and I kind of watched it with that mindset. It made a lot of sense, and then I still had it on my mind. Like, I remembered it. I recalled. I remembered it this time, and... Uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to deny that, that that... Well, maybe it's not, like, the main theme that he was going for. It's definitely something to consider. It's certainly something you could take from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably intentional, though, you know? Um... I just think it's cool to think about like the characters that maybe don't get a direct second chance that you see all the characters you see you could think like well maybe this is their second chance life maybe their second chance hasn't come across yet uh but they're just carrying on in everyone else's story um i don't think the like broken up narrative really hurts or hinders that in any way um it's like vanessa was saying where like it's it fits the narrative structure of a movie you're used to by by breaking it up this way it kind of hits those same beats i feel like while maybe the audience is a little confused about wait why is this guy dying in this scene and then he's alive in the next one It feels like a natural flow of story. And Tarantino does the whole, you know, chapter kind of storytelling Mm -hmm. in all of his later films, too. Whether or not the stories intersect or the degree in which they, like, intersect will change. Um, This is probably the the movie that's the most intertwined with everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a lot that uh got off point but
1: (laughs) well another explanation for the themes that i do really like is not also not mine something someone else told me some stories are just stories and that was it (laughs) like Mm -hmm. just like i don't know that there has to be something deeper man it just it's a bunch of stories and they're all cool (laughs) like maybe that's it too
3: (laughs) i mean maybe i don't think so i don't think so we like to make meaning and i think it has meaning i agree yeah, but but I even, like, to your point, Greg, of, like, the, uh, people who we don't know if this is their second chance kind of bebopping in and out of the story as, like, secondary characters, like, even Tarantino's character, there's an implication that he's been, like, in the life before, that's why Jules knows him, um, and knows that it's, like, safe to go there, but Bonnie can't find out because, like, she's his second chance life, Ooh. and if she were to find mm. out that, like shit was going on that he was still in that space then it mm-hmm. would be that that could fuck up his second chance life
1: i didn't even think about that that's yeah that's awesome good. that's really awesome because mm-hmm. the whole that's time the i was bonnie watching situation. It, the bonnie situation the whole time this time i was watching it and i was like why does jules know tarantino's character billy mm-hmm. is his name billy
0: i have no idea
1: i don't remember i forget yeah um i was like why do they know each other like it never like I never thought much about it, but like Jules calls him his partner. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I got a partner over here. Um, and I was like, I don't know. As many times as I've seen this movie, I never once was like, how do these guys know each other? And maybe it's just because we know so little about everybody and yeah. their backstory in this movie. Um, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. He maybe got out of the life. Um, maybe that's what gave Jules the idea. Yeah. He was just there. He just saw a life after mm-hmm. gangsters doing gangster shit. Yeah. Yeah
3: like tea towels that you can't get blood on you know like things like that
1: (laughs) guys i'm telling you as many times as we've watched this movie and talked about it there's such an awesomeness and so much depth to it that we're still thinking new thoughts about it right now in the moment as we're discussing it like thoughts Mm -hmm. we haven't thought before like that's crazy yeah that's so cool
2: Thanks for the new thoughts, Vanessa. That was a great welcome. new thought.
3: I mean, it was a piggyback <laughs> off of Greg's. I wouldn't have thought it if you hadn't have thought it first. So,
2: Group effort.
1: Mm-hmm. There we go. I mean, like, uh, Tarantino's character even gets a second chance at a bedroom set. <laughs> and an uncle. His first uncle's yeah. no longer with him, but his uncle Marcellus is.
3: There you go.
2: That's right.
3: <laughs> He's got a
2: fistful of cash for you, buddy.
1: Mm-hmm. I like, I have oak myself. That's what I have in my bedroom. You like oak? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't even know where to go. I don't know where to where to jump in.
2: Well, how about the absolutely perfect soundtrack?
1: That's one of my first notes, actually.
2: Yeah. This soundtrack is a 12 out of 10. Everything's the best. It's iconic. And you watch it again. Like you think about he carries the same sort of theme. With, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you get this, you get really similar vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, going back to, we've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood several times, it's one of our favorite movies to watch. It's like his music selection in that really, it just shows his thought process behind, um, what music he includes in his movies and then. Pulp Fiction is just, like, the best example of every single choice being exactly the right one. Mm -hmm. Starting, of course, with the single greatest role intro credits of all time.
1: (sighs) Nobody fucking move! (laughs) (gasps) Ah, ah, ah.
0: Dude, just... Uh,
1: Who would have thought to make a gangster movie with, like an exclusively surf rock and 70s love songs soundtrack eh. like
0: eh. it's
1: insane like it just and it just it just works. It, works it works so well so fucking well
2: yeah you're not sure like is it it doesn't really feel like it's one of the characters influencing the song choice or anything like that mm-hmm. like it just feels Or even like the songs are necessarily pertaining to the scene we're watching. It just feels like an artistic decision that just kind of the way it sounds just fits the vibe. And Maybe there's, you know, interviews of him talking about the music. But just from my basic understanding of watching it, it doesn't seem like there's a real direct connection between the songs playing and what's going on or who's on screen and that kind of thing. It just it still just all works a hundred percent and it's it's a fun soundtrack honestly like, i listen
1: to it all the time
3: well i just had a thought like because when you said like a gangster movie that has this type of soundtrack and i was like thinking through other gangster movies that i've seen and they're also fucking serious like mm-hmm. they're so serious and they take themselves so seriously mm-hmm. and they're generally like it for me and i know that other people like them so but like I find them less accessible because the characters are so, like, heavy all the time. And I love heavy stuff. Like, I'm yeah. not, you know, like, that's that's fine with me. But I think it's, like, it becomes inaccessible because they seem less human to me. Because they don't talk about, like, conversations like we see Jules and, um, Vince. and Vince have you know, like in mm-hmm. the car on their way to this like very serious interaction where they're going to like kill people, right? Like they have some normal human conversations. They're not always just in like gangster mode where they're like, I don't know, I'm not even gonna try to impersonate what I'm thinking. But like just really heavy, <laughs> intense, like meh, kind of like yeah. behavior or something like that. Or like shoot 'em up, bang 'em oh my god, I'm my mom. Um, but like <laughs> shoot 'em up, bang 'em up movies. <laughs> um That, you know, I just, like, there are elements of that in each of these, but we also, like, get to see some humanity of every single one of the characters, because life is not always the heaviest thing that you've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. We're not always serious. Mm -hmm. There is levity, there's silly moments, we misspeak, shit happens, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that makes this movie more accessible to people like Mm -hmm. myself. and the soundtrack plays into that so much that like them listening to that kind of music like you know those kinds of things like doing the twist together in this like really weird awkward date like fucking awesome yeah no it's it's so (laughs) great but it's like it's awkward it's weird he's like not allowed to actually interact with her but also has to and like it's just this really really awkward situation but they're also having a good time and like same with so many of these other ones, too. Like, the way that the soundtrack brings a little bit of levity and makes it more accessible to everyone, I think, or at least to myself, for sure.
2: Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense with the soundtrack and the dialogue kind of going, accessibly going hand in hand. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, you
1: even see Vincent and cool. Jules have that moment where they're like, That's nice. hold on, let's get into character. You know, mm-hmm. like, before mm-hmm. before they go in to do yeah. the, the, the job. Yeah. Um, and you see the whole time like they're just shooting the shit about cheeseburgers and like foot massages eating out and yeah like you see etc <laughs> putting their <laughs> tongue in the holiest of holies and you see like you get to Vince who's like uh Like, first of all, you get to see him do things like read a book on the toilet. Like, what gangster movie has one of the, like...
2: Multiple times, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Fun theme in the movie. Every time Vince goes to the bathroom, something bad happens. Um, (laughs) It's absolutely true. (laughs) Um, While he's reading his book. Yeah. And then, uh, but even, like, you see these things that, like, it's, again, something new every time I watch it. There's these, like, setups and payoffs of, like, the whole movie along, like, the whole time vincent is uh, just unapologetically pedantic and gets hung up on just like semantics Mm -hmm. and formalities and oh yeah you see him do it with like does a foot massage mean something you see him do it with a five dollar milkshake and because of that it's really earned when he says to the wolf a please would be nice i'm just saying It'd be nice yeah, if you like his... said, please. You just see that he's, like, such a shithead who can't mm-hmm. let stuff like that go. And he Ooh. is that way the whole movie. And
3: that's why he can't take a second chance, I think, too. Oh,
0: shit! Because he
3: gets, like, hung up on all of the minutia of life. But, yeah. Like... yeah.
2: Yeah. He, he's he's too hung up on the details of whatever happens that the big picture just escapes him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that tracks. Well, that's... And then...
1: Uh... It's, con- it's what he's saying while they're cleaning that, like... He's never. He's like, oh my god! I said I'm sorry. Why is everyone still giving me shit? And it's like cause because you cut head off. Yeah,
0: yeah you murdered. <laughs> because I'm literally that we scooping were...
1: brains yeah. out of the backseat. Yeah, <laughs> and he just like literally is like, seems like he can't understand why everyone's blaming him. <laughs> like, it just is like, it's just like a thing that happened. Okay,
3: could have happened to anyone who was pointing a gun with their finger on the trigger <laughs> while someone else was driving yeah anyone could have done that why are we mad at me well he
1: even says oh. he doesn't know why the gun went off like i noticed that it's like a throwaway line he's like i don't know why it happened it's because like, you pulled the fucking trigger dipshit like <laughs> what are you fucking talking about didn't hit no motherfucking bomb <laughs>
0: yeah. he's
2: like a detective mcnulty in the wire Just, i haven't seen the the wire. fuck did i do
1: neither Spilers. of us have seen the wire just
2: like yeah It's just constantly he's maybe this is a little bit of me too just nothing's ever your fault and so it's just like what the fuck did i do tell me why i'm wrong mm-hmm. i'm not wrong i didn't do anything wrong what's going wrong here you're the one that didn't say please yeah. or
1: <laughs> and then the wolf just fucking puts him in his place and just mm-hmm. it's so fucking great
2: it's so a pretty please with sugar on top
0: clean the fucking car clean the fucking
2: car <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, now what? Uh you want to talk about the greatest backstory to why a character cares about a thing with Christopher Walken? Oh my
1: god.
2: That's another second chance character that just comes and goes.
1: Yep. Oh shit! He is a second chance character.
3: I am really blanking on Christopher Walken's part. Up oh, my this... ass,
1: the only place it could fit. He does a the whole un- monologue he... to Bruce Willis.
3: Oh yes, he's the <laughs> into he's the camera. The guy. No, 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 I remember. Yeah, yeah, he's like his Vietnam buddy. Yeah, talking to him as like a small child. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: He carried that uncomfortable hunk of metal up his ass uh-huh. for two years.
3: Yep.
2: <clears throat> oh
1: man, I, I like. I wrote down, like, um, that his method absolutely must be, like, arrive, legendary monologue, leave. Like, that's just all <laughs> he does in the whole movie. Yeah. That's his role research for this. Just, like, and just the way- I remember the first time I watched it. Quentin,
2: I've got these dress blues.
1: <laughs> the way
2: I'm on my way to go destroy a country bear hall.
1: <laughs> Bears! <laughs> um... <laughs>
2: This is not over, Vietnam. Uh. <laughs> the,
1: the way he throws away the line caught me off guard the first time I saw it. Like he's doing all this backstory, and just sneaks in. Like I hit it the only place I could, up my ass. And I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. you know, like it's like that every time. He just like sneaks it in there. That this is a story about him putting a the family heirloom up his butt for years on end. <laughs> it's just masterful. It's so
2: it's so sincere and emotional, mm-hmm. and he's, like, meeting his, like, his best friend in their most dire and desperate time. Mm-hmm. He's finally meeting his son that he's, like, committed this errand to, and he's finally opening up about everything that happened, and part of it was, uh, he stuck a watch up his ass, so... <laughs>
1: the The first time I saw it, and it ended up very obviously being not the not the case, I thought the implication was that Bruce Willis had the watch up his ass for good luck in the fight um <laughs> like I thought that's what they were trying to make us make us assume um
0: oh, there was a whole
1: God. a whole different story about where the watch was, but I definitely thought they were trying to imply that he was also doing that in honor of his father
0: <laughs> mm. So
3: yeah. cool. Can um, I ask what your? Uh, I don't want to like interrupt, but I was just wondering, like, what is your favorite vignette of this? Ooh. Like, what's your favorite segment?
0: Ooh. Um.
2: Denny, if you have one, go ahead. Right, I'm. It's, oh, oh.
1: it's asking me to choose between my children, right here.
3: <laughs> I mean, for sure. Vanessa, do you have one? I, I think it might be, um, like, the final scene with, uh, like, Bunny and, Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. Bunny and whatever, um, and, uh, and Jules in the, in the diner. hmm Just when they're asking for the briefcase, when, like, they're all freaking the fuck out, and, like, everyone to be cool, tell your bitch, be cool. Yeah. Like, it's just so good, and his, like, his monologue that he gives, it's so great. Like, I... They're such good ones, but just like that, Samuel L. Jackson at his peak, mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. The way that like the two actors of Honey Bunny and whatever Pumpkin, Pumpkin thank you. Um, the way that they like defer to him and like also take up presence on the screen, mm-hmm. like, is so good that they just like all of them are. It, it resonates with me at such a good place that like i really like some of the other scenes i think that they're awesome but that's the one that sticks with me when i think of like what do i think of in pulp fiction it's that scene
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i,
1: I think i've got to agree with you although i do think that uh the first Vincent Jules in the apartment scene is the best scene in the history of cinema sure. like i really really do think it is the best scene ever i <laughs> mm-hmm. um, don't want
2: to argue with that yeah
1: um i i I've, i think I gotta go with my favorite vignette and if we're counting it as uh the whole them cleaning the car thing are, are we including that or just I, them I would in say the diner? it's like
3: whatever that like segment entails is yeah. that vignette so like for me it would be yeah probably well it's like whenever there's a a hard cut to another like segment right like
1: yeah the time doesn't break down it go like yeah then, we, I, then I would yeah. say that's
3: one vignette
1: we we follow them linearly from dodging the bullets head blown up in the car cleaning the car mm-hmm. disposing of the car and going to the diner
0: yeah
1: i'm gonna count yeah that's no question the best you know like because sure. we get we get everything you just said which i 100 percent agree with mm-hmm. and we also get the wolf you know like sure, so if sure. if we're counting the whole mm-hmm. sequence mm-hmm. yeah that one is is hands down the best one i would yeah. say
2: uh, i can't really disagree with that um as for vignettes, it's, like, the best one, and, like, if the whole movie was that, like, would I be mad? Probably not. Right. Like, if <laughs> if I just saw that and maybe, like, a couple other scenes to explain some of the other storylines, I wouldn't be mad at all. Mm. Um, I'm glad everything else got fleshed out the way it did, but, damn, like, every beat of that story that we come in on, because we come in on it, from the other the other different finets like several times Mm -hmm. it's like uh... and every time we come in on it it's just cooler and better more interesting like it's it's great
3: i guess i didn't realize that that was like i thought that there was a break in between and i i in my defense i did not rewatch this with you guys uh this weekend sure but um i really like i mean that probably is you're right, like, the best section mm-hmm. for sure. I was thinking that there was, like, another something that intermixed between that of, like, the apartment scene and then the, like, the house, the blow, like, the car scene and all of that, like, with I, the I
1: think it confused you because they do do, do do, <laughs> <laughs> they, do the apart- <laughs> they do the apartment scene and then they cut away and it's, like, an hour and a half of movie and then they come back to the apartment scene and the the other guy runs out mm-hmm. and okay. shoots his shoots his giant gun at them
3: right but
1: right. It, they're still in the apartment yeah. but there's like an hour and a half in between so okay. um, so yeah. I, i'm starting at the guy missing the bullets the guy that missing makes the sense. shots that makes sense. um but it's even then it's like this is so good that i'm like dude you could still make a case for um, for the bruce willis sequence
3: oh 100% and you could still
1: make a case for for vincent yeah. mia you know mm-hmm. like that's that's so good. That one's probably the most self-contained, other than like uh, the backstory we get about like the stakes of the situation earlier. But like, yeah. oh,
3: so good. I mean, they're they're yeah. all wonderful. It's just yeah, like which one do you like best is really like not I'm, as not which one is the best because that would be a lot more yeah. difficult, I think, to decide. But
1: yeah. uh, I'll stay with consensus and say sure. between the wolf and the diner mm-hmm. that that's that's my favorite without a doubt there's just so much packed mm-hmm. into that like 40 yeah. minutes of screen time it's Fresh so hand. so fucking good
2: Dude, yeah one of my notes is i mean you, you just briefly went over it but this is uh the second episode we're really hitting the best of bruce willis on this podcast <laughs> <man>. <laughs> with this and the sixth sense like yeah we've got his best work uh which which one's better, Sixth Sense or Pulp Fiction Bruce Willis? I'm just thinking of this now.
1: Performance? Uh, I'm going to say Sixth Sense Bruce Perform- Willis. Performance?
2: Performance? All right. Character?
1: Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think what it packs in, like, we get a whole movie of the Sixth Sense to flesh out Bruce Willis's character. But Ooh. the, like... Boy, do we. But the punch that this packs... Of what we get from him. Like I know. Because he's a boxer. he's a boxer. Um,
1: hey, he's a boxer. But,
3: <laughs> but like, get out of here. The, not, like, uh, <laughs>
0: hey, hey, I think could, we get could just as dead much. people over here. Honestly
3: if not a little bit more. like Emotional <laughs> delivery. From the short segments. That we have of him in this film. Rather than that,
1: yeah. Oh, I'd agree. I, I, the reason I'm saying Sixth Sense is because it showed his range so well. Sure. Um, because he was he was an action hero, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. and in this he's like a badass devil may care boxer who beats the shit out of gangsters, and sure. so like it, it's not so
0: familiar. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Sly! <laughs> it's
1: it is. Am I a ghost? Am I dead people? What's going on over here? <laughs> Will you please say that's pride fucking with you, Mr. Stallone? you get the numbing tickle in the back of head, the back of your head, you know. That's uh, that's pride. That's pride flunking with you." Now, what you say, uh, blueberry pancake? Blueberry pancake. <laughs> oh so I wish, uh, I, I, I wish I just had like a, like a pot belly, you know. It's it's not to diminish. Uh, his performance in pulp fiction at all oh for sure uh, like I, I think he's fantastic he in this if i had to compare six Sense* to pulp fiction i'd probably give willis's performance in six nod. but like yes. it's still kind of close honestly
3: for sure
0: for sure he's
2: so cool he's kind of an asshole on this one but at least
3: he gets some redemption. he reciprocates yeah.
1: well you also see him get like yes so he reciprocates <laughs> there we go yes. there we go you ladies first though mm-hmm. um we... That's
2: right. Cracked his ribs doing that.
3: <laughs> you know what? Whatever it takes, right?
1: Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes.
2: Whatever it takes.
1: Um, well, I think that's what's so cool Whatever is. Whatever
0: it takes. Whatever it
1: takes. He's he's such an asshole, kind of. But then like mostly we see him get so humanized with like how much he loves fabian and how like gentle he is with her Mm -hmm. until he's not but even then he immediately is like fuck and like not in like a cycle of abuse way after he like starts throwing shit he really does stop and reflect and doesn't expect her to rescue him and is like i'm really sorry I didn't yeah. communicate uh, how important that watch was to me. It wasn't fair for me to get so mad at you. Yeah. You know, like he what's
3: also just murdered a person too. Yeah. So like, yeah. he's probably not at his highest functioning point, and like, not that that's an excuse. It's never an excuse mm-hmm. for violence against anyone, but it's a what's little bit great understandable. A,
2: yeah. Definitely. And what's great about that part is he's like, he realizes the watch is gone. He loses it on her. He's pissed. He's screaming at her calms himself down it's not your fault i didn't communicate it i'm really sorry please don't be upset and then he gets in the car and he keeps yelling one motherfucking
1: thing i asked her to do is not forget my father's fucking Mm -hmm. (laughs) watch. just
2: doesn't continue to take it out on her but takes it privately absolutely Um, it still
3: needs to be processed have
1: you ever done that for me what like just like said all the mean things you wanted to say because you were mad at me when i wasn't around
3: um. Uh, not not that I can, like, super think. Not like that, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I get angrier than you. I've done you it. You do. I've yeah. done it, but, like, it was because I was very much like, this needs to come out. None of this is fair. Yeah. And Vanessa doesn't yeah. need to be here for it. I just need to, like scream it into the void so I can move on and sure. then I can. You yes. know, like, it's what yeah, you, yeah. still needs to be processed. Yeah, exactly. Like it needs yeah. to be
3: processed because then you're just cutting it off and it's going to come out some some other way. But it doesn't need to be processed with her. No, yeah. no.
1: Like, and yeah. every time mm-hmm. it was like, was I really angry at you or was I angry at something else? Sure. You know, like, but sure. you were the easiest target. <laughs> so I needed to, like, hit my steering wheel, steering wheel and just, like, verbally dress you down knowing none of it was actually true you know like none of it was like fair or appropriate but i needed my anger to go somewhere
3: sure
2: yeah i just i just had to shoot john travolta and run over ving rames about it and then (laughs) i would could clear my
1: head yeah all because leah lost your favorite pair of socks john travolta could still be alive yeah anton ate them oh that fucker
3: so they He's are a... ass socks then. They've been hidden in your dog's ass for years. <laughs> <laughs> if
2: Christopher Walken could deliver me ass socks, <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> uh,
3: right, they were I'm... beige originally. It's not damn it. <laughs> I've got,
1: I've got another comparative question, uh, for the for the for the community for us yeah. For, yeah, um, for the, yeah
2: for the two people here
1: yeah um uma thurman's better performance pulp fiction or kill bill
2: Ooh. I seen kill bill. oh
1: shit, i forgot you haven't Ooh, seen kill bill sorry
2: neither has she she's she's snoring
3: movie day we should
1: skip kill bill one and just watch kill bill two
0: That's it's one.
1: amazing and it completely summarizes kill bill one it's a very inconsequential movie <laughs>
2: killable ones a lot of fun though um that's hard though i'm i want to say pulp fiction
1: i i do too it
2: it's something i'm i thought of this time and like every single time i watch this movie i'm like man the diner scene and the overdose thing like this section is way longer than i remember Mm -hmm. but it never feels that long Mm -hmm even though it's not part of the uh you know apartment shooting or the uh cleaning up the car after shooting Marvin scene or the Bruce Willis stuff like it's it's a whole other story and it gets the screen time it deserves mm. but like it never feels that long and i never remember all of it
1: it's the most stressful it's... scene i have ever watched ever like i get so it's stressed so out. stressful so fucking stressful And we got Jody with all the shit in her face, just like being like, this is neat.
2: (laughs) That's my wife.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say Pulp Fiction.
2: I'm going to say Pulp Fiction just because she's with the little time that we get to see her. She's so endearing. Mm -hmm. Like, I love her in this movie a, dude man.
1: mia wallace is i think it's uma's best performance actually like it's so good
2: all the like cutesy stuff she says mm. like she'll be there in two shakes of a lamb's tail yeah. and she's just like saying all this uh disco disco don't be a i don't
1: know if you guys I can just see that, that but... i just
2: aired a square <laughs> but for the audience in, at home
1: in, like little uh little perforated lines followed it too
3: mm-hmm. it perfect.
2: <laughs> that's right don't question it
1: <laughs> all right what about this john travolta in pulp fiction or anything else john travolta has ever done
3: well i love face off his hairspray so you know
1: he was actually pretty good in hairspray God. i always face ex- off his is is Nick Cage in Face Off was pretty great to be honest. It
3: honestly he did a, he did much better at being Nick Cage than Nick Cage did at being John Travolta. Nick, Nick cage, cage was just, try to be John Travolta. No, he was just he being just insane the be entire be time Nick. and John Travolta did a really good job of caging it up.
2: Yeah. It's hard cage. Um Danny Pudi has the best Nicholas Cage. Uh, well, John Travolta, Travolta tried his best though. Yeah. He channeled <laughs> the I essence think he did of fine.
3: Cage. He did not do a great yeah. voice, but he channeled the essence of what it is to be in a cage. I feel like fairly well.
2: I think you're right, dude. Uh, the next solo movie will be Face Off. Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> that's not a, that's not a promise. Hold on. Yes, it is.
1: Don't break my heart. Um, oh, <laughs> one boy. solo movie eventually will be Face Off. How about that?
2: A Star Wars story. God,
1: damn it. Oh my god. Um, no, I always I keep. I'm a rogue one. <laughs>
0: Fuck you, Greg.
1: <laughs> I keep expecting Travolta to be like an S tier actor because of *Pulp Fiction*.
3: Like every time then, I see
1: <laughs> him, I think he's a better actor than he is. And he's not like horrible. Like we just listed a bunch of great, great Travolta uh, performances. But the, we
3: forgot his best. Yeah.
2: But we, we also saw the fanatic. I was
3: gonna say we forgot his best work ever: the fanatic.
2: Moose is in the house.
3: God, I hated that. I hated that movie. He has to poop. Oh, I hated it so much. I loved
1: it i hate uh you know what next solo i'm i'm <laughs> in the
2: middle of you guys next
1: solo episodes of fanatic fuck it
3: i honestly do don't li- like i'm not someone who's like i can't watch people be awkward and cringy on you know because i'm too empathetic i'm like no no i can usually i can handle a lot of cringe we really that wore you really down with really nathan wore for You really wore me down with that one <laughs> not, not Nathan for you uh yeah we just Desensitized me with nathan for you but yeah the, fa- but the, the fanatic still got me to my peak that I just like I could not hang. I by the end of that movie I was like, "Oh my gosh, the <laughs> Oh the cringe. But we're not talking about the fanatic." Well, it's,
2: it's so hard to like see a performance challenge your secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. So
3: much. Yeah. So <laughs> oh much. Well, like oh, I so felt
1: much. sad oh, buddy, when, he, when I found out he insisted on it being released in theaters, so he could submit it to the Academy. Oh my god! Um, that like, I was like, mm-hmm. if it, it stopped being funny, I felt like yeah. I was like reading his diary and laughing at him. You know, like
0: it felt too. Don't it. publish
2: your diary. It felt
1: exactly, yeah. It felt <laughs> it just felt too vulnerable that you like. It would be one thing if he was just like cashing a check, but when you saw that, like that was him trying.
3: Like that was that a was passion project.
1: And he clearly oh. decided Ooh. to do absolutely no research on intellectuals with, or intellectuals, individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities. Um, mm-hmm. And before he exploited them, he clearly did no research on them. No research um, whatsoever. And it was, yeah. oh God, fucking fanatic.
2: Um, so we're talking about pulp fiction, are, right? Sorry. hold on. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: getting another beer. You guys talk about Pulp Fiction for a minute. Okay. You want anything, babe? Um,
3: mm, yeah. Give me a blood and honey. Cool. Thanks, babe. You're
2: welcome. All right, Vanessa. Yes. Um. So you didn't see this movie until you were with Denny. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm guessing that's within the last few years. Does this feel like a '90s movie, or is it very is one of my notes here is that it's not at all era-dependent. Like, there's some scenes with, you know, giant cell phones, but this doesn't feel yeah like a movie that depends on having a 90s mindset to understand everything that's going on.
3: No, I I completely agree. I think like uh, even when you said that i wanted to be like it wasn't in the 90s um because it it's so like current it feels so very current like obviously it's set in that time period um which i think makes sense because a lot of these like miscommunications could have been handled by cell phones um mm-hmm. like a lot of this could have been like taken care of had everyone had an actual cell phone um or even a car phone at some point like you know so Mid 90s, uh, at that point, maybe we could have had some help, but I, I think it's like it does not feel tied to that time period, like it's not, it, it is a step above, um, multiple steps above, tiers above most 90s movies. I would say
2: streets ahead of the 90s streets stuff, ahead. yeah, streets ahead. I was kind of hoping Denny would pop in for the streets ahead,
3: <laughs> he didn't hear, but we'll we'll retell him. Damn. Um, all right. Yeah, no, actually, yeah. like, I, yeah, I really didn't even consider that to the point that I, like, my immediate initial thought was, like, no, it's not. It's more current than that. Like, this, it, it yeah. really <laughs> is timeless, I I think. Yeah, it is not tied at all to a time period in that way that, like, 90s movies are a genre in and of themselves. It is outside oh, of that definitely. genre.
2: I mean, you can't escape, like, the fashion and everything. Sure, but... yeah.
3: It, it has it's the feel not of like, something set in that time period, but not tied into that, like...
2: Only, only hardly, you yeah. know? <laughs> it's not like our, uh, our last episode where we talked about 50s sci-fi, where everything felt like it was the 50s. Yes. No matter when the movie was set. <laughs> but this was...
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's an interesting one. I love it.
3: Yeah. Well, I was even trying to think of, like thinking of Bruce Willis um in oh my god why can I not think of the film I'm never mind I'm gonna embarrass myself. Looper.
0: Nope. I don't know. <laughs>
3: no it's at the the plaza The it Die Hard. Fuck. Die Hard. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got there I got there before um but anyway uh Nogatomi <laughs> Tower right?
0: Uh-huh.
3: Yeah um but that that feels much more of a 90s movie like late 80s early 90s like it it feels I I think it does kind of take it a step above that it can be like literally like enjoyed anytime it's a great movie um but it's it is still I feel like it it is more centered in that genre of what it is to be like a later 80s early 90s movie versus Mm -hmm. this which is very much like it could be at any time period effects the graphics the film work all of that kind of stuff like the shots are just as current as anything today it more just feels like it is centered and set within the 90s period
2: yeah and it's kind of like what you were saying with the music too is just like it's all a bunch of 70s and 80s songs but you know plenty of movies coming out then we're doing the same kind of thing yeah so
0: mm-hmm.
2: whatever
3: no
2: i agree welcome back hello uh we're talking about how this movie is oh cheers cheers Cheers. we're talking about how this movie is timeless it doesn't feel like a 90s it doesn't feel like it depends on an understanding of the 90s it doesn't feel like you need to have a mindset of somebody in the 90s to really appreciate everything in this movie Mm -hmm. and like vanessa was saying that you forget that this even came out and takes place in the mid to early 90s. And just like, it feels current. It feels recent. Mm-hmm. It's great.
1: Well, yeah, it has that timeless lens on it because it's like...
2: You guys talk, I'm going to get more dreams. Yeah. Oh,
1: but I have something cool to say. <laughs> or at least I oh, think it's cool. Um, do that as I go. Well, it, I mean, like, it's a 90s movie that is nostalgic for um, a different time. You know, like, all the soundtracks not from the 90s, but... Oh something i noticed this time i placed it as you guys know i'm a fan of halloween monster cereals um when lance the drug dealer is receiving a call from vince about from a cell phone about a girl who's od'ing on him with the front of the box facing out he is eating fruit brute fruit brute was only available between the years 1988 and 1992, wow. so I don't know. All that goes to say, I, I, I placed when this movie occurred, or at yeah. least uh, a four-year ballpark. I sure. was excited about yeah. it. Yeah, that's awesome. Unless he had an old. he had
2: been eating some cheddar goblin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
1: Ju- judging by his house, he might have had a very old box of Fruit Brute. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right about it.
2: That's true. Just pulled it out of somewhere. Right
1: next to his little black medical book.
2: <laughs> All right, you guys go to the next point. I'll be right back. Okay. Next
1: point, Vanessa. Do you have a next point? I don't have anything like really.
3: Um, I don't have anything specific. What are some your other notes?
1: Um, one of them is how much I like the character Esmeralda Villalobos or Villalobos, mm-hmm. the the cabbie. Um, she just the cab driver for yeah. Butch. She gives such a fan fucking tastic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't want it to go to go unmentioned.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I thought that the kid version of Bruce Willis in this movie really looked a lot like Bruce Willis. Yeah, even more so than your favorite uh, Bruce Willis performance Ugh, in the kid. Disney's The Kid. Oh, geez, that Bruce kid looked nothing angry. like him, but the one no. <laughs> Pulp Fiction really was believably a young Bruce. I
3: understand Bruce that at some point I'm going to need to rewatch that because I don't even know why I hate it so much, but I just like i'm i'm really not like a movie hater but i have a feeling of loathing when i think of that movie Mm -hmm. there must have been something going on in my life at that time that really impacted my view of that movie because it is like like i just feel like disgust and disinterest to the maximum degree when i think of the kid
1: (laughs) but why does the moon turn that orange color sometimes
3: I don't even know if that's a line from the movie because I hated it so much. <laughs> I just hate that kid's face. He's, he's the worst. He's walking around being like, bur, bur, bur. Like, I look stupid all the time. I know he's just a child, but he's like our age, so I can make fun of him now. So, it's fine.
1: Baby, can I tell you a secret? Hmm. I brought this up on purpose because I knew it would get this reaction out of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: so I can knock it down
0: <laughs> um, oh my
3: gosh I hate that movie I know you do <laughs> it needs to be on the podcast because I need a reason to watch it again because I'm never going to actively choose it
1: <laughs> we'll do it for uh, movies for when you need to make peace with something <laughs> <laughs> do some real hard soul searching and look at your patterns
0: <laughs>
1: uh... Greg I, uh, I, I hate to tell you this we actually changed the podcast uh, we're now talking about Disney's The Kid
2: Damn it! <laughs> I haven't seen that uh, one. Okay, we'll
1: go back to Pulp Fiction.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's but, more that it can I can talk for a few minutes about how much I loathe that movie, um, and I honestly don't even know why. But I did say that we probably need to do it on the pod because I will never choose to actively watch that movie unless I have to. So, but I do think that it deserves a second chance because some people love it. Second and I just chances. Have, I just have this.
1: Movies for when you want to give a movie a
2: second
3: yes, chance. Yes, oh, do I like that.
1: Do you want to do it next week? We haven't picked our theme. Don't pressure me on
2: air. Yeah,
3: I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot to commit to.
1: All of us, it's a, all of us could it's pick a, big a movie commitment. for when you want to give a movie a second chance.
2: <laughs> all right, um, honestly, I'm fine with that.
1: Mm. Vanessa, not re- she's not ready.
3: I don't know if I'm she's ready. She's not ready yet. It's not been enough years. Okay,
1: that's, that's on the docket.
3: <sighs> stupid... Plane that they fly too god he's just got a such a fucking dumb face oh
1: talks like he's got a mouth full of spit
3: he does yes what is that other movie that he's in too with his sister abigail breslin i don't know they're in a movie together i didn't know abigail oh breslin my gosh was it's sister. the um it's Zombieland. not a good movie no 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 it's he's um it's got <laughs> Kate Hudson, and it's like a rom com, and it's got that other guy that I don't really like.
1: Disney's the kid,
3: John, not Cusack, Cusack but she knew I was. Yeah, say that. no, 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 but it's like Cusack
2: Travolta, but it's
3: not. Maybe it's a different Cusack. Chris Farley, no
2: Joan Cusack, like <laughs> it's not
3: Joan Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like Chris okay, Farley. You made peace yeah, with yeah, that? I, okay. made, I made peace of Chris Farley when, when we first got married, married. You did not like Chris out Farley. What this guy's name is. Um, um and I need to figure out what this movie is. It's okay. Kate Hudson and she takes in her her nieces and nephews because their parents die and there's a fucking turtle and they're all living in like Queens and she's like a hot shot someone in New York and they have to move to Queens and then she like gets down to earth and she starts dating the pastor um and he's now I know. Uh, someone out some someone who's listening to this is like i know exactly what this movie's called
1: abby please Um. text us or ariel (laughs) um (laughs) no um while vanessa looks that up um i wanted to since we're talking about things we don't like um why does quentin tarantino insist on acting and uh is it just so he can say the n-word on camera
3: he, does that he hits
0: the hard R Ugh. every time. He
3: loves saying it, and he enunciates it too. Like it's not even just like hitting a hard R, but he looks straight in the camera and enunciates.
2: He's he's looking Samuel L. Jackson in the eyes mm-hmm. and saying it. Yeah, and f- fearlessly. <laughs>
1: I really like I don't have issue with like using a racial slur in an art like in an artistic way in a movie because people do talk yeah. that way. I do have an issue with using it for comedy. I wouldn't have an issue with it in this movie if it weren't so abundantly clear to me that like Tarantino likes saying it too much. <laughs> like it weirds yeah, me like, out. <laughs> he like sabers even... it
2: even the two like redneck characters that are like the pawn shop guys like even them saying it doesn't feel out of place with like those two characters right yeah
1: people do say that like it's not like wrong to put it in a movie especially if you're just trying to show an aspect of reality um but it just it's he just seems to love it in the whole like the time he went on BET and spoke in Ebonics doesn't make it look any better um it's uh it's weird I just uh, Tarantino like fantastic director probably like honestly probably my favorite director um I have never seen an acting performance of his that I liked um it was a little better in Pulp Fiction because it kind of fit that he was just kind of like a shitty little guy. You know, like that's what he was supposed yeah. to be, creepy little bastard essentially. Um mm-hmm. I just I do not think Quentin can act, unfortunately. Um but he has brought me a lot of joy over the years. Vanessa, did you find the movie?
3: I did. It's called Raising Helen.
1: Oh, I remember um, the trailers for yeah, Raising Helen. Yeah, it came Helen. out in
3: 2004. And it's got, it does have Joan Cusack, that's why I was thinking Cusack, and it's John Corbett is the guy that I don't I was right, right, and you dis- I did, I, I dismissed right, you, and I'm you very sorry. Me. Um, and it's got Hayden Peneterre, kill the cheerleader, save the world, whatever. Um, I was out of the country for that Remember one. Remember the Titans. Yeah. yeah. Um, Spencer Breslin, who has a fucking face that is really punchable, Abigail Breslin, Helen Mirren, there's a lot of people in this movie- and it's awful. Cheers.
2: I'm trying to... Are you trying mind. to
1: pour your drink into the camera?
2: <laughs> no, I'm trying to, like, make my face... People can't see it, so don't bring it up. I already
1: did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. But, yeah, if, if
3: you want to watch a movie that I imagine does not hold up well, and for some reason I really disliked, I think it's because of the multiple people in this movie that I don't really care for. John Corbett has a punchable face. He's in my big fat Greek wedding, and you want to punch his face mm. the whole time too. See? Yeah. Fuck that, that movie. Guy. Yeah.
2: Honestly, that movie sucks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, it
3: does. Anyway, that's that's my I don't remember really how we got there. Oh, the fucking kid. That's how we got there.
1: <laughs> I brought it up. I did this.
2: I leave for five minutes and we derail the whole thing. I kept Vanessa on top. Thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Craig um, did a good job. So
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna get us back on topic. What do you guys think about this being in the same universe as Reservoir Dogs, canonically? Um, I don't know. I buy it.
3: Yeah, I think it checks out.
1: I mean, it was like originally supposed to be a sequel. But well, the- like the
3: only thing that doesn't work right is like that Quentin Tarantino's characters. Is-
1: well, yeah, it was what. What was the big reveal? What it was going to be at the end, which I can't believe we got this far without talking about it. Um, when you finally saw what was in the briefcase, mm-hmm. it was going to be the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs. Mm. Um, spoiler alert ah. for Reservoir Dogs: uh, Mister Pink runs away with the diamonds, um, and that was that was going to be the big mindfuck. Is in the final moments, you found out this was a sequel to Reservoir Dogs. Um, Tarantino decided not to do it because he reused himself, Harvey Cartel or Harvey Keitel and uh, <laughs> Tim Roth. Harvey Cartel,
2: um, and he just e- and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yes,
1: there's another little sneaky trivia, mm-hmm. Buddy Holly. Um, <laughs> it's it's so sneaky they sneak him right in there. But yeah, they decided not to do that um, just because he didn't like the same. He's actors. a master of disguise, <laughs> just like in Thirty Rock. <laughs>
2: He's a chameleon. But ha- People call me the chameleon due to my slender build and big watery eyes.
1: <laughs> but it is canon that uh, Vince Vega and Vic Vega are cousins. Yeah. Um, the stuck-in-the-middle-with-you character by Michael Madsen. Um, yeah. He's cousins with John Travolta's Vince, and there was a pitched movie of them working together for it.
2: That's fucking yeah. cool.
1: I don't know. What do you guys think about keeping the briefcase ambiguous? I
2: love it.
3: Uh, yeah, I really like it.
1: Always do it. Yep. I uh, I do like the fan theory that it's Marcellus's soul. Um, I oh. do think it is completely unfounded.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, have you heard that? It's, <laughs> no. It's because he has the Band-Aid on the back of his neck.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And there's like an old, like, ancient... Matrix. Uh, yeah, he was in the Matrix. Mm. Um, no, there's like some ancient procedure that believed no, you could have that's your... that's ...your soul extracted from the back of your neck. Jesus. And so people thought the Band-Aid was... Because we see the Band-Aid so much that it seems really intentional, and so people thought it was his soul in the briefcase. But in reality, Ving Rames Ving cut himself shaving, and Tarantino thought it looked cool.
3: And that's why he's yeah. there. That's why, that's why we get so much of the
1: Band-Aid on the back of his neck. <laughs> Tarantino's like, keep it, that rocks.
2: <laughs> Dude, I, I love both. I, I love, like, just stuff that creeps its way into movies that like inspires such intense and like deep and like just fun to think about fan theory. Yeah. And then it has the simplest explanation ever. Like, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. The fact that people can think of stuff like that. And also that is just like the simple little thing. Yeah. Both, both are equally fun to yeah. me and I'm not sure why.
1: You know what I think was in the briefcase?
2: A light bulb with a certificate of authenticity.
1: Yes, and a uh, there was one other item. I think it contained a MacGuffin.
3: <laughs>
1: Very rare item. People will search <laughs> high and low for it. Mm-hmm. Come together.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah, dude!
1: Hey, wh- while we're on the subject, why is Ving Rhames not an A-list megastar? He fucking rocks. Ving yeah. Rhames is Isn't the shed, Not that I'm aware of. But I've, like, pretty much only seen him in this and Lilo and Stitch.
2: <laughs> you haven't seen the Slam and Salmon? No.
1: No, Ving Rhames is alive.
2: Okay. He's the
1: shit, Who man. died. I guess he's in Mission Impossible, which I haven't seen, so... Maybe he is kind of more of an A-lister than I realized, but man... I would... I would expect him to just be popping up everywhere.
2: He
0: he's was so
2: in good. Lilo and Stitch.
0: I know,
3: yeah, that's, that's the... like... Uh he's the Mr. Bubbles. It's
1: one of the only other things I've seen him in, Bubbles. and I think he's also fantastic in Lilo and Stitch.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um He's great in everything, man. He rules. Um Who am I thinking of that's dead?
3: <laughs> A lot of people Yeah,
1: that, you gotta narrow it down, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh shit, I forgot he's in Con Air.
2: We gotta watch Con Air is all Vanessa's on. Vanessa's
1: never here.
3: seen. It. I haven't.
2: We gotta we gotta bridge the gap in the cage. Anytime he's in Vegas in a movie, it's the same character theory. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta flesh that out at some point.
0: <sighs> uh,
2: well, we're talking about <laughs> Pulp Fiction here, more or less. Um, <laughs> how how much do we have left on Pulp Fiction?
1: You know, honestly, I think everything I have left is more just like. A little like note of something i liked and not like a real conversation starter so mm-hmm. like I, I don't really have much else do you guys i could i, I could yeah. talk more but like i'm just like
3: i feel like it's coming to a natural conclusion i mean i don't know i, would I don't want to like wrap it up early, no, totally, but like I, yeah. I feel like we've hit all the things that like i was thinking
1: yeah
2: vanessa's right yeah, every, everything I have is just kind of a one off. Yeah. Um I could
1: do two more hours of I like this. Did you guys like it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, I liked this yeah. too. Did you guys like that? No. you like I but like yeah. the, I, I've, I haven't said nearly all my thoughts of pulp fiction, but I do think I've said just about everything anyone would give a fuck about listening to. <laughs> so, like, yeah.
3: the highlights of, like, the
1: I have a fan moment. theory.
3: <laughs> fan theory Ooh, love that.
1: Do you... I don't know if this... It
2: just came to me this time. It's probably out there somewhere. Um, Jules, upon hearing about Amsterdam, is like, I gotta go. That settles it. I'm fucking going. Mm -hmm. After he finds out that Vincent dies, do you think he goes to Europe and Amsterdam and that's where he begins his journey? Do you think that that's in his future?
1: I never thought about it. Um, I don't know.
2: I think that's... I think he... I think he would. I think, you know, this entire divine intervention, um, epiphany, realization of his life and his life choices and what he wants to do in the future, he's not, he's sort of sure of what he wants to do, but he doesn't have any specifics. I feel like this, Vincent's death will be like what kicks on the specifics and then he'll start that life. That's where I kind of see that going naturally, but...
1: That checks out a lot. Yeah, I, I like I that thought. See that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've never given much thought to it, because just, like, for the story's sake, it never really mattered to me where he's going, just that he's going, he's gonna make a change. And we see that when mm-hmm. he goes to talk to Marcellus Wallace early in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's done. Yep. He's going to tell him he's out of the life. Um, solid chance Marcellus gets him killed. Like, I can't imagine you can just say, like, uh, this is my two weeks notice. I'm leaving your crime syndicate. Um, but...
3: Ooh, but maybe <laughs> after his own trauma... Oh understands... shit, Marcellus
1: is handing out second he chances out these second days, chances. ain't he? Yeah, probably. Um, I like yeah. the idea of Jules going to Amsterdam in honor yeah. of Vince. Because I think he really liked Vince. You know, yeah. like, I think... Yeah. We didn't get, like, huge emotional moments, but it was clear that they were really good friends. Mm-hmm. It, like, they... Like they're Like, brothers that fight too much. They're, like... Drenched in blood, arguing about if he washed his hands well enough. Like I saw you get him wet. Like, These are the dress towels. I saw.
2: I saw you get him wet. It was yeah. so fucking funny, dude. You saw
1: me wash I saw you get him wet.
2: Something in something in Jackson's performance, like, felt so genuine mm-hmm. when yes. he was talking about mm-hmm. that. Like his. his like his mom or grandma must have scolded him yes. that exact same way about towels. Yeah. Like it, it must have happened. Yeah. Like that's how genuine that felt. Like it was so mm-hmm. great.
1: I'd say the same with him bragging about being good at a foot massage when he's like, "I don't be tickling or nothing. I'm the master." Yes. He seemed like I'm so sincerely proud. Of uh-huh. I got my technique down and everything. Like <laughs> so. Good. I don't be tickling or nothing,
2: dude. Is uh, so
1: fucking good.
2: This is, again, it's like, how hard is it for a movie to come out where this, well, now, you know, we're 27 years after the fact, but how hard is it to see a movie with an actor you've seen in so much Mm -hmm. and you still think of them as this character yep. the whole time you're watching the oh, movie. Yeah. I don't see Samuel L. Jackson. I see Jules. I see Vincent. Oh, I see Mia, like, and
1: I see the wolf. Like, I don't, yeah. like, those yeah. are all, that's John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, and Harvey Keitel. Even that's butch. Ving Rhames, yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Like, no, all these, of them.
3: Like, the character work is really, really good throughout this entire movie, that, like, they really do a great job of, like, getting big-name characters. Mm-hmm and then hiding behind or disappearing into their roles really mm-hmm. like fully fully encompassing their roles
0: mm-hmm.
2: Dude, absolutely it, it's something i love to see um that's the trade-off you get from a slimy little weirdo that likes feet and saying the n-word but
1: well i <laughs> can't,
3: can't win them all yeah
1: i want to say something can't win them all something <laughs> nice about tarantino since i roasted him a little bit um We both went to UT, so it's kind of like I made Pulp Fiction. Um, um, Thanks, thanks, Benny. That was really cool of me. No, um, there's a really, 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 really awesome interview I love of him when he's getting called out for all the violence he puts in It's fun, Jan! (laughs) He won't even (laughs) entertain the question, why do you do this? Because it's so much fun! (laughs) It's so fucking great! Do we need the violence and all that... (laughs) Yes, we do! <laughs> he won't even take the conversation seriously, and I will always love him for being such a shithead to that Margaret Thatcher-ass virtue signaler trying to put him she on blast. She was glass.
2: wearing the hat. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: like, I will always Her... love him for just, like... Being above it, <laughs> like just like mocking yeah. her for even questioning what he's doing.
2: Violence in movies is fun. fun.
1: It's so much fucking. Just like, you no, know, he's he's pretty right. <laughs> Where's the lie? <laughs> Where's the lie? Mm-hmm.
2: We mustn't show violence in our
1: cinemas. <laughs> okay, Marge. <laughs> uh. Um, gimmicks. 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 Uh.
2: Gimmick of the week. g g g g Gimmick of the week. Denny picked this one because I couldn't think of one.
1: It's on theme with our episode. I haven't told Vanessa yet. on theme with our episode. Yeah, I have
3: no idea what this gimmick is.
2: Our gimmick for this week, just for fault fiction, of course, is favorite unanswered question. What? Favorite
1: unanswered question. What? Fuck you. Are you going with that? Does he look like... Yeah, does he look I, like a pig? Honestly, that's answer i
3: think yeah I guess that's true
1: that he says no, no. he- he gets that no. answer
2: under duress, we don't know
1: <laughs> I've got mine go ahead
2: i I do too, but yeah, go mine ahead
1: mine is uh do they speak English and what
3: <laughs> <laughs> i honestly i i i don't know. Like, I, I would have needed to watch it this weekend with that in mind to actually yeah. pick a gimmick like this. Like, I, I can't... Yeah. I mean, it can questions. be, like,
1: if you... I, to me, I thought it was a good misdirect because everyone would think we would talk about what's in the briefcase. And we would That's, do something yeah. stupid. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my point. No, I mean, like, I was... does... Or, what What do they ask? Is it, like, um, does it look like Mrs. Wallace is here or something like that? Like, oh. are you... Do you look like...
1: Does he look like a bitch? Then why are you trying to fuck him like one? We didn't get that answered. Yeah. Because Marcellus Wallace doesn't like to be fucked by anyone, anyone ex- other than Mrs. Mrs. Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, yeah. It's a great line. Yeah.
3: That's so good. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. a great <laughs> line. Yeah, I think the are you trying to fuck him. Yeah.
1: Why are you trying to fuck him like one? Mm-hmm. That's, okay, very, very good. Yeah.
2: Um, My favorite unanswered question is, who is the wolf? Man, like, it's something I don't want answered is like everything about uh, Harvey Keitel's character yeah mm-hmm. absolutely man, he's he's such an enigma that he's just
1: oh man yeah. he's a walking what deus ex, ex machina him, <laughs> what yeah.
2: makes him fantastic is everything that's mysterious about his character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like this cool calm collected guy likes his coffee with lots of cream lots of sugar like he talks
1: fast he drives fast <laughs>
2: He drives so fast, man. Like everything about him, you just want to know more, but you're given just enough that it doesn't feel like you're missing out. Well,
1: and the biggest thing is like so telling that like he's essentially Marcellus's panic button, and when and like mm-hmm. is it's seriously a legend because of how Jules reacts when Marcellus says, "You ain't got no problem, Jules. I'm on the motherfucker." You go back in there and calm those redacteds down. I'm sending the wolf. And he's just like, oh, fuck. And he's like, yeah, you happy? You're, you happy? you sending the wolf? You happy? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, it's so clearly. Yeah, it's yep, like cool with me. In case of emergency, break glass guy. You know, and like, Jules knows him. Doesn't seem like he's met him before. Like, has clearly heard tales. Like, oh.
2: And then he, he gets the call. The wolf gets the call to come to the house, and it's 8 a.m., and he's at, like, a house party wearing a tux. It seems like
1: it's, like, a fucking baby shower or something, too. Right. Like, like, what is his what life? What's he doing?
2: Like, behind the scenes, he's, like, he's it like, seems like a baby shower. Yeah. And he seems pretty wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, all right, I need
1: you guys scooping out brains. Well, and he also, like... etcetera Et cetera. He has the authorization to write checks for Marcellus. Like, that, Mm -hmm. like, to me, that tells you everything you need to know about who the wolf is. That he doesn't, like, call Marcellus to check with anything. Like, he has Marcellus Wallace's complete trust to do whatever the fuck he wants to solve a problem.
2: Exactly. So
1: fucking cool, man. Um, Side note, (laughs) I worked with, uh, I am about to work again with someone named Jordan Wolf. Um, and when she was out on maternity Ooh. leave, her her replacement wanted, when she was coming back, her replacement suggested that he just tell all of his clients, you ain't got no problems, we're on the motherfucker, we're sending the wolf. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and they would have been pleased. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why didn't you say so?
1: <laughs> That's all you had to say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Shit, therapist, that's
2: all you had to say.
1: <laughs> um, Vanessa, what's your favorite wine? or do you want us to go first? We're putting you on the spot.
3: You guys go first. Yeah, I'm like, I don't I know. haven't picked
1: mine yet. I, I, I thought I, we were
3: doing the Oh, yeah. these are the gimmicks. I'll go first. Oh, oh, there's multiple I'll, gimmicks, okay.
1: I'll
2: go
3: first. Go, flappy hands.
2: Uh, I've got two, and they're within five minutes of each nice. other. Go for it. Uh, Ving, Ving Rhames saying, nah, man. I'm pretty fucking oh. far from okay. Oh yeah. <sighs> <sighs> and then camera just stays in one place mm-hmm. and just lives on his shotgun toting. Ugh, oh, fabulous. Ugh, the way. But about, my favorite like, the line.
3: Spit drips out of his mouth in that scene. Ugh. Just with the ball gag and like so much saliva. You know that's real. Like that can't be that had to yeah yeah Ugh.
2: he he just took it out of the mm-hmm. mouth out of his mouth before saying yeah. It. yeah my favorite scene is soon after is um butch on the chopper with fabian saying zed's dead baby zed's, zed's dead, dead.
3: Mm-hmm. <sighs> who's zed yeah
1: zed's dead baby <laughs> zed's dead greg yeah you picked my favorite line mm zed's dead baby zed's dead of all the lines i love in this movie um i'm, I'm gonna give some runners up since oh, wait. i was um,
3: gonna say let me pick mine these are probably ones that i would like
1: um i'll, I'll let, let me give a runner up really Fine. quick um a runner up is uh right after nah i'm pretty fucking far from okay is this shit is between me you and and Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Soon-to-be-living-the-rest-of-his-short-ass-life-an-agonizing-pain-rapist-here. So fucking badass. Um, And so, Vanessa, you've got a whole whole apartment scene that no one has chosen from, by the way. Which I will say, my favorite line in... I mean, like, my favorite scene in a movie ever is that apartment scene. But my favorite solo Mm -hmm. line has got to be, after everything he's been through, after everything we just watched zed's dead baby zed's dead riding off into the morning Mm -hmm. night or the morning sun you know like Mm -hmm. just so fucking like cowboy just cowboy as fuck oh yeah (laughs)
2: oh
0: oh my god
1: on that note i'll throw another runner up (laughs) so something i love the delivery and the syntax on is what is my honda I'm sorry, baby. I had to crash that Honda. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so fucking good. Uh-huh. And he's just like, don't worry about I I crash crash <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I had to crash that
1: Honda.
2: I'm sorry, baby. I had to crash that Honda.
1: That's how I'm going to describe any car wreck I'm in. Yeah. Sorry, babe. So... I had to crash the I had Nissan to crash today. The Nissan. I had to do it. <laughs> Which, that's what's funny, is like... He didn't like get hit. He like literally was in a situation where he had to crash the Honda. Mm-hmm. He had to run over Marcellus at yeah. a <laughs> All right, Nessa here, Bear, here, what, you what you got? I
3: don't know. There's so many good ones. Well I don't know. I'm gonna go with the past. I... Go with the past? Yeah.
1: We will All we right. will attribute uh does he look like a bitch to you
3: yeah i mean like that's one of my favorite lines <laughs> like,
1: Someone yeah. needs to that's
2: pick it. Song. yeah there's no we're bad like I, every just
3: also in like in the cafe to you like tell your bitch to be cool tell her bitch <sighs> be cool bitch be cool tell her bitch be cool yeah
1: and then he's just like you're real we're real proud of you yolanda yeah it's almost over yeah. ringo's proud of her you too tell her you're proud of her ringo like
3: Uh it's just it's so good
1: that whole yeah oh dude or like uh we're gonna be like three little Fonzies and what's Fonzie like he's called correctamundo (laughs) so (laughs) fucking awesome Uh or even (laughs) Jules you give (laughs) what is it oh no I want to say Jules you give that Nimrod $1,500 I'm gonna shoot him on principle (laughs) (laughs) Vince, shut the fuck up. And as we're as we're winding down, like even like Samuel L. Jackson's like the truth is you are the weak and I am the tyranny of evil men.
2: Mm. But I'm trying, Ringo.
0: I'm
1: trying real hard to be the shepherd. Fuck. There was a kid in my in my school who uh for his UIL speech competition, something you could choose for prose or poetry was uh, a Bible verse. And so he uh he was devastated when he found out that this wasn't actually in the Bible because he was gonna pick that verse and just deliver it like Samuel L. Jackson at a UIL contest. <laughs> that I am Hell
0: the yes. Lord! <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You will know I am the Lord when I what lay a heart my heartbreaker at you
2: all right I get, denny what's your uh what's your critic score before it of
0: the... bef-
1: before ah. scores can i just say because we're about to roll credits on this episode or on this segment i get chills i went back and rewatched it three times this time when vince and jules are like at the last moments of the movie i think we should get out of here yeah that's probably a good idea Mm -hmm. they just like as they're rolling the outro music and you know you are closing like the two and a half best hours of cinema you've ever witnessed and you know we're on our way home we're going home right now it's over they just walk out stand side by side look both ways throw their fucking gats into the elastic waistbands of their shorts and turn and walk out the door again and it's just oh i get chills watching that outro mm-hmm. um but for critic, i just wanted to i just wanted to say how much i love that like tiny little moment right before the credits roll
2: yeah it's it's the parting uh feeling it's the parting moment yeah. and it feels fantastic just
1: so earned just so fucking earned
2: so earned everything's earned
1: greg what's your criticer score brother brother
2: Uh, I give this one A 37 Out of 40 Uh, Puts it in the same Territory as Silence of the Lambs Sicario uh, Mandy got the same score This is a Fantastic movie I love it every time I see it It is an easy two and a half hours to consume I don't Feel like I'm given enough like relatability to all of the characters all the time despite how well fleshed out they are and then some of them say slurs a little too much but it's one of the best made movies ever it's just dripping and oozing with personality and just coolness it's completely timeless and I can't imagine a better film um from this era. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Can I ask you something before I give my criticer score?
2: Please.
1: Is that Anton or Leah snoring?
0: <laughs>
2: oh, that's Leah snoring. Is
0: it that? Is it <laughs> I, that I, audible? I can hear it. <laughs>
2: well, the theme of the episode is it's late. <laughs> yep.
1: Um my crit- criticer score, this should come as no surprise. It is a 50 out of 50. No notes. Um, I had it at a 49 for a long time because I actually have a pretty serious rule that rewatchability should be a bonus and not a requirement. Mm-hmm. And I did kind of think you needed to see it at least twice to really get it. And I've had like several people, like I've watched it with them, and they've been like, why is that so cool? And I've been like, watch it again. Um, and then eventually I was like, who gives a fucking shit this is a 50 this is just upper echelon maybe maybe the greatest movie ever made i wouldn't argue with you if you said it was and if that makes me sound like a fanboy i'm sorry there's a reason so many people have called it the greatest movie ever made it's not fucking shawshank redemption all right (laughs) it's pulp fucking fiction so uh yeah 50 out of 50 uh, Vanessa, you don't have a Critiker, but if you did, I don't. I, what would the I think it would be?
3: probably be, it'd be close to a fifty out of fifty, maybe like a forty-eight, forty-nine. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, my name is Paul, and this is between y'all. Little buff boys, little buff boys.
2: That's everyone's least favorite sketch, Denny. All right, we're back, everybody.
0: I Like that sketch.
2: It's my least. Favorite. Uh, we've we've discussed Pulp Fiction. In depth. Boy, did we. Motherfucker, did we. <laughs> um, this is something I've had in my back pocket for a little while. Um, I knew a week would come up where we were just too busy. Mostly me. Where I would be too I'm busy to really get to I'm not busy
1: this week for the first time in like a year and a half.
2: I'm insanely busy. I have to work a game tomorrow after my regular work. Yeah. And I work my regular Shit. work all week. It's a, lot of work to work. it's a lot of work to work. I didn't have time for three movies this weekend. I've been falling behind. So I decided we need to have an episode at some point that is just Q and A. A mailbag episode. Questions from the audience. And it took a little convincing, but you guys delivered some cues that we're gonna. We a, had to
1: beg. <laughs> no one
3: wanted
0: we to. We had to beg.
3: I show. honestly, when I threw it to the girls the bachelor party, they were very here for it. So cool. like, it really wasn't begging. They just are not. They're not followers of the show, other than Abby. But she was also being celebrated all weekend, so mm-hmm. like, she has a pass for no. Not. Totally. Yeah.
2: She's excused a hundred percent. The rest of you! (laughs) Oh, no. I'm kidding. It it took an extra little poke, but uh, we got some great questions. I Um, I texted
1: some people directly and asked them to ask me a question for my podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. I didn't. (laughs) I
1: was worried we wouldn't have enough content. So
3: I came up with a lot of questions. We're
1: gonna we're gonna start out with a question that we asked ourselves. We're just gonna go around and uh say our top ten favorite movies of all time. Um I think we all went with favorite and not best, right? We're not ranking best movies. Oh god, no. Yeah top ten favorites.
2: It started out that way, but it's just like "Mm, there's stuff that I love personally that doesn't have the highest score but needs to be on my favorite Mm -hmm. list. I, I fiddled with mine a little bit, but Denny, what are your top ten favorite movies of all time in order, if you oh, have, have it? Oh, I have it in order. Ordered, ordered... Oh, you Denny, have it in order. Denny loves okay. List. I love List.
3: I hate lists.
2: Denny loves lists. I love List.
1: rankings, I love superlatives, I love it. Um, I'm going to start with some honorable mentions, okay? Mm-hmm. Hot Rod, mm. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, Good Burger... The Five Year Engagement, Mortal Kombat.
2: Wait, which one? The OG.
1: (laughs) 95, baby. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Nice. And the entire Friday the 13th franchise. (laughs) Yeah, you heard me, bitch.
2: That's right. Jason X is above The Godfather, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't Uh, seen The
1: Godfather, he said pretentiously.
2: But I have read the
1: script and studied it for a degree um
2: smugly smuggler now we'll
1: start with uh number 10 the perks of being a wallflower um this movie uh powerfully affected my life it was one of the first things that made me feel okay getting help for mental illness um it is a
2: it's a good ass I mean, movie i really I've like it. seen it that's awesome oh yeah a couple I times it. i like it
1: it is a movie written and directed by the author of the book it is adapted from and steven Mm -hmm. chbosky also had experience in adaptation so it was like first of all a perfect scenario for something like that to happen he adapted rent to the screen um and also any change from the book you knew that the author was okay with Uh, because he made the change Mm -hmm. so um number nine hook the steven spielberg classic that Mm. steven spielberg doesn't love um i've got a lot of uh a lot of inner child in me i'm sitting in a room filled with toys and collectibles from my childhood uh hook hook nails it and also talks about the real point of peter pan if anyone's read the book like i have um is uh it's not about how you should never grow up it's about how wendy copes with growing up it's about
2: and also native americans are terrible <laughs> My oh i i hadn't read the book i got it from the cartoon my,
1: my version of the book has, my version of the book has a foreword in it that says like, "All right, everyone, it basically boils down to like, okay everyone here's the thing we know that this is racist towards Native Americans Um, we know, don't write us about it, we know and we're sorry okay, on with the original text (laughs) like it basically is like, (laughs) it basically leads with, no one's allowed to be mad at this, which is not how it works (laughs) Um, but um, number eight wet hot american summer listen to movies for when you're having a hot boy summer if you want to know why i love that movie so much number seven heavyweights listen to movies for when you're having a hot boy summer if you want to know why i love that movie so much
2: number six hot rod <laughs> no, that
1: was honorable mention uh six is the big lebowski uh that should go without saying five is mandy four Frank... Fuck, yes. Yeah. Four is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to movies for when you're having a monster mash, if you want to know why I love that movie so much. Three is Pulp Fiction. Just start this episode over, uh, if you want to know why I love that movie so much.
0: Wait, does he like it? Let me go back.
1: <laughs> Two is The Rocky Horror Picture Show, and one is... Mm. Though I know I should be yeah. wary. Steel I shouldn't Adventure, say it three Somewhere times. Scary. Ghostly haunting, I turn loose. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. 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 Um, well, and I'll also say uh, Beetlejuice and Rocky Horror switch back and forth between first and second depending on when you ask me. I don't have like a definitive stance, but those are. It's honestly which one I've like watched too much recently takes second place. Um, is usually what happens there, but I, I, they're both. In reality, probably tied for first. But today, when I'm making this list, Beetlejuice gets number
2: one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, Vanessa, let's go with your uh, top ten. And if you've got any honorable I mentions, do. please honorably. I am mention I'm going to them.
3: start with my honorable mentions. Um. So honorable mentions. Uh. Hook, because I just totally blanked on it, and so I stole it from Denny's list. And um, but that is one of my favorite all of all time movies. Um. Forgetting Sarah Marshall as well. That's one that we will literally put on at any time. And we'll we did always watch last it. Week. Literally, yeah, last week. Wanted to watch something. <laughs> um, Practical Magic, I love Midnight Margaritas. It's a bad movie, but I fucking love it. Um, Pride and Prejudice, that hand grasp. Ugh, it's so good. It's the twenty fifteen version, I believe. You're i know we're gonna be sexist about this uh no it's fine it's based fine.
2: on our spotify metrics it's like 90 percent male.
3: Um, that's fine pride and prejudice sorry the 2005 version um
2: we but... don't appeal to women.
3: <laughs> um anyway oh shit i lost my list where did it go um yeah pride and prejudice heavyweights um and rocky horror so, then this is my list in no specific order because I don't like making lists. Um, but I did this because I like you guys. So, um, yeah. Uh, Midsummer, love it. It is Ooh.
0: wonderful.
3: Um, mean Girls, will watch anytime. Ooh. Fucking love that movie. Uh, I also had Agreed. Mandy on my list mm-hmm. as well. Mandy is great. We love it. Uh, Dirty Dancing. One of my favorite of all time. I will always at any time watch that movie, and mm. I have the soundtrack on um, vinyl. vinyl. I love I mean,
1: it. I had the time of my life when we
3: watched it. I had the time of my life as well, and no one puts us in the corner. Had,
2: wait, like, had, had you ever felt that no, way No, <laughs> literally
1: never, Greg. Never That's what was crazy. That. I'd
0: never felt that way before. Um,
3: I also have Perks of Being a Wallflower on my list um, <laughs> Secret Life of Walter Mitty uh denny and i decided that we could get married during that movie yeah uh, we didn't get married during Aww. that movie but we'd been we... dating for not very long at all i'm not even gonna say how how little we'd been dating i for. proposed
1: on our three month anniversary <laughs> and i'm fucking proud of it
3: and this when movie you know you know well before that that's um, right baby yeah, secret life of walter Mitty. uh beetlejuice awesome on my on my list uh the five-year engagement another one that influenced us getting married gotta take a bite of a cookie at some point you know
1: i'm a sweet one
3: um if you know you know that's not weird it's probably uh tangled one of my favorite disney movies um captain fantastic which we did oh, not watch gosh. the other day for this uh podcast but it was one of the i think should've. we should it's very very good uh captain fantastic is fantastic um and then casablanca i fucking love that movie i do too yeah it's just so good it's one of the greats best of all time it's amazing
1: if i was gonna rank best movies ever made casablanca like might be number one sure it would be like i'd be debating between like maybe that and pulp fiction honestly yeah so fucking good
2: yeah oh my god you've you've referenced it a few times too
3: it 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 is terrific good and the more you find out about it, the more that's that's what really did it over. It was like one, it's just a great film, and two, it like the more that you know about the production and like the people that they sourced for this movie, like all of them were anyway. We'll save it for the time that we do Casablanca um, because I have a lot to say about it. So, and I think it's fantastic. That's my list.
2: My turn. Yeah. Go, Greg. Guess. All right. Honorable mentions. Um, there will be blood. One of the best American films ever made. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the other Tarantino Mm -hmm. movie. My fiancé and I, we watched that a couple of times in theaters. And it's one of the few movies I've done that for. It's one of the ones that we put on when we can't think of anything to watch. Terrific film. Love watching it every time. Uh, Sicario and Prisoners I kind of put together because they're the same director. Um, just masterpieces of tension, and just like um exploring how deep and dark you can get with a character um inside Lou and Davis for some fantastic Cohen brothers fun uh sound of metal for one of the best personal um emotional character deep dives i've ever seen on film with the best credits that i've ever seen in a in a film to end a movie uh parasite Mm. nice which it won the oscar for best director and like i never really understood what best director meant for like an oscar until i until i saw parasite Mm -hmm. and why it won just a fantastic movie uh city of god from 2002 it's a brazilian film about uh rio de janeiro told like a story told over a, a few decades uh fantastic film that i haven't seen in like maybe 10 years i gotta get around to it again um gone girl one of david fincher's underrated uh, films despite being pretty recent I haven't seen that. Uh, funny enough Gone Girl uh, 2014 I was 24 years old when it came out and I got carted to see it in the theaters <laughs> my wife at the time did not it was just me you were
1: like covered in tattoos
2: <laughs> She no she was mine were all oh, covered up uh, And she was like, oh, she's obviously 18. This guy, though, (laughs) he looks 16 to me. (laughs) And it was the dumbest thing I'd ever (laughs) experienced at a theater. And then the movie was great. Uh, So my top 10, in reverse order, these bottom five, I don't really have any sort of order to them. There's just kind of like a mishmash of 6 through 10. But I went with number 10, Green Room. Um... An excellent thriller film uh with Patrick Stewart of all people uh, God, it's such a dark movie it's it's fucking I've awesome it. uh number nine hot fuzz one of the funniest uh, movies I've ever seen guys. endlessly quotable mm-hmm. uh number eight Chicken run. A claymation film from the studio that brought you Wallace and Gromit.
1: It's, I mean, they can't all be There Will Be Blood.
2: <laughs> Listen. <laughs> a a dual feature with Green Room and Chicken Run will leave you very confused. <laughs> it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, the animation is impeccable.
0: Impeccable,
2: <laughs> oh, huh? Yeah. That wasn't on purpose. I I wouldn't have laughed if
1: that was on me or Vanessa's list because we had a bunch of just, like, dumb childhood stuff we liked, but yours is all, like, best picture winners. (laughs) (laughs) That's why why (laughs) you caught me off guard and made me laugh.
2: Uh, I was ready for it. I knew I'd get weird reception. Uh, Number seven. Recently watched and uh, podcasted on The Sixth Sense. Oh damn. Holy shit. So good. Deeply emotional journey, highly impactful movie, excellent filmmaking, fantastic performances. Uh, number six, I gave that spot to Mandy. Yeah, yeah. it's it on all of our, of our, top, our top ten wow. lists. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome! God. And I can't wait to watch it again. It. I don't think it would have made it on the top ten list if I hadn't watched it for a second mm-hmm. time. I. I don't know the last movie I saw where each viewing made it better and it wasn't like oh the narrative shifted like we talked about it in the episode too where it's just like it's not like some big twist where you have a new perspective the second time you see it it's just oh, God, oh fucking audio visual mastery of filmmaking mm-hmm. mandy Plus an all-time Nicolas Cage performance. Uh, number five, also on the podcast, Whiplash.
1: Shocker. <laughs>
2: Shocker. <laughs> it's occupied that five spot for a few years. Uh, number four, Tarantino's best film, Inglorious Bastards. That's just my opinion, I baby. I really
1: liked it. It's 1A I, for I liked me. it like, a lot, a lot. It, it's I, it's yeah, close, and Pulp Fiction is just a little bit better, but it's mm-hmm. not like a, like, you can't say that type of thing oh my for God. me. You know, like, uh, they're really close. Yeah, though.
0: yeah. Uh,
2: number three, uh, the original Alien Ooh, from
1: 1979.
2: Yeah. There, there's the poster.
1: It's movie if it's I back, ever saw one.
2: It's back there. Uh, number two. It's the other poster, so 2001, I A Space Odyssey. Do you
1: like space or something?
2: Uh, <laughs> I like space or something? Um, I, I really like that one. It's a fantastic movie, but it was like, my dad saw it. It came out when my dad was 11 and they saw it in theaters when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then in 2001, they were showing it on like PBS or something, like without commercials or whatever, because it's PBS, and I was the same age, my first time seeing it, as my dad was his first time seeing it, and I was seeing it in the year 2001, which is why they were showing it on TV. Well, was it a space odyssey? It, it was certainly a space uh, odyssey. It was, it's really cool, it's...
1: I was worried it might have when been you a Michelin real odyssey, is why I asked.
2: <laughs> Gross. Now, we were still in DeSoto at the time. Uh, <laughs> when you realize like that movie was made before man had been on the moon you realize the insane creativity behind it oh, i think it. i put
1: two and two together actually yeah with that. I... holy shit yeah it
2: came it came out before we'd ever had any of the uh apollo missions with man being on wow. the moon and then we've got moon scenes with like you're just like, oh, this is just like we do normal moon landings, but they hadn't done them yet, which is fucking crazy. Great movie. Uh, number one is Denny knows it. Uh, no Country for Old Men. The perfectly imperfect movie. The pinnacle of nonverbal storytelling, audio, visual just... am i trying to say immersion that's the word i'm looking for just the peak of immersion um terrific filmmaking terrific audio terrific acting ah little just the one-off characters everything about it we'll do an episode about it one day but it's it's a perfect movie for me something about it just clicks with me so well and i I have a rule that I only watch it once per calendar year <laughs> because I don't want to get tired of it.
1: Wonderful. I'm glad that I got one of those years.
2: Yeah, you did. That's awesome. Uh, I don't think I've done it this calendar year. I could so. go.
1: I've only watched it the one time. I could go for a rewatch. Does
3: that have- I've got
2: a bigger TV done? now.
1: Yes.
3: Yeah. Boy yes.
2: does it. <laughs> I, I, I named- thinking,
3: like, yeah. I think I've seen it one time, but I-
2: I named my dog after his character. <laughs> awesome. His name is Anton because of Anton Chigurh.
3: Awesome.
2: He's got the same <laughs> little <laughs> haircut kind of.
1: <laughs> Excellent list, Greg.
3: Um, um, I would like to add Life is Beautiful to my list. Oh.
2: You would like to add what? Life I'm sorry.
3: Life is Beautiful? Oh. Have you ever seen that
2: movie? Of mm. I have seen that, oh, it's yeah.
3: So, so good.
1: Fantastic. That's incredible.
2: Though. I I think I saw that movie when I was maybe eleven or twelve, and it still has stuck with me. Yeah, all these years later. So good, mm-hmm. so good. Nothing nothing matured me cinematically as quickly as that yeah, movie.
3: Yes, absolutely. Which it's kind of intended to, honestly. That's kind yeah. of the point of that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So on that note, I wanted to ask a question here. What are what are yeah. our rules about spoilers for this section of the show? Because like, oh, I don't think we can keep it a hundred percent spoiler free. But like, I, I'd like to not ruin it. Yeah, not not, ruin yeah, not, not like.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I would say be be as vague as possible. Sure. the The questions that we got asked, I feel like, are, what's your favorite for this yeah, thing, yeah, and we yeah. could just kind of list it. It's like, we'll for the answers for a lot of these it's just going to be like. Here's the movie and a quick reason why it's my cool. answer. And then that's
1: so there,
3: about
2: it. We're not going to spoil. There whole
1: might bunch. be something like super mild, like essentially what you could learn from a trailer about the movie. But we're not going to like drop any major plot. Right.
3: Points. right, right. Yeah. No, no. We're, we're not going to. If exactly. it. I were
1: listening to this podcast, I'd be on edge right now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, yeah. I wanted to assure sure. anyone who stuck with us after Pulp Fiction.
2: As somebody that's that hates spoilers more than anybody listening to the podcast right now, you're in a safe yeah. place.
3: Yeah. Like, I think all of us very much hate people Detest who spoil them. them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes,
2: god. You guys are oh. you're my yep. people.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Uh why don't we get into the Facebook questions? The people who uh the people who asked us publicly, we'll answer them publicly. You guys feel good about that? Yeah. Yeah. First, I do. Um, Greg, pick the first one. Yeah, pick go ahead. One. We'll go around. We'll go around in a uh, circle, and everyone picks a question. Okay.
2: I was just going to go person by yeah, person too, by asker. <laughs> um, uh, we'll start with Nick Overbeck, if we don't mind saying first and last names, I guess. I don't know why we would. <laughs> Nick, thanks for the question, dude. You were the first question. Um, Denny, this one's for you. Yes. What restaurant did you see jack blackett and what did you say to him
1: (laughs) well so it was uh magnolia cafe on south congress in austin um me and my homies colby troy and willis are all in my car and he's walking down the street towards us like approaching our car and we don't even notice it's him we're looking at his shirt and we're striking up a conversation about his three wolf moon shirt that This man has a shirt with a moon and three wolves on it um and so this would have been around 2010 twenty eleven timetable works out I think he might have been filming Bernie because he had his hair dyed dark and his mustache dyed really dark and I'm standing like right next to him uh when we're when we're waiting for our table, and I've nudged troy and I'm like, dude Troy, check out Mexican Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> like literally no idea it's actually Jack Black. Um like I just thought it was like a latino person um who looked a lot like Jack Black. And so then we sit down and like people just start coming to his table and taking pictures with him. Um and we talk to our waiter about it and they're like, "Yeah, that's Jack Black. He comes in here all the time." Um but I didn't say anything to him to answer your question, Nick. Um I just thought it wasn't actually Jack Black and I talked a lot about how much I liked his shirt. <laughs> so and well
2: that's that's what you told him kind of. In a way.
1: Right? Cool shirt. The way I did. He's like I hey, I thanks. didn't even say cool shirt. I said it in my car <laughs> like like we were like gawking over this guy's cool shirt mm-hmm. and not noticing it's actually oh Jack Black.
2: <laughs> Incredible. And, uh the last part of Nick's question is are you a dallas stars fan um,
1: i am a fan of no professional sports teams whatsoever um i don't like sports i have been to two hockey games in my life one was for the dallas stars and one was for the calgary hitmen and i had a really good time at both i was very much like uh hockey's not my thing but i understand why it's a thing you know like i'm not gonna like dive deep into this or anything, but i had a really good time even though i didn't fully understand all the rules and so if that counts as being a stars fan i guess i am but uh not in a meaningful sense cool.
2: <laughs> hell yeah um i'm the opposite of denny i love organized sports i i'm watching hockey right now <laughs> the avalanche are playing the senators there's about a 80 seconds left um I am not a fan of any team. I am employed by the National Hockey League. I am not allowed to be a fan of any team. I grew up watching Dallas Stars games. They're the team that I know the most. I do not call myself a Dallas Stars fan, though. I love all teams equally. Uh, I have a ton of merch um, from a lot of different teams. But I know the Stars the best. Because I work those games, basically. That was
1: very impartial of you, Greg.
2: I'm very impartial.
1: Vanessa, what about you? Ever seen Jack Black at a restaurant? Dallas Stars fan?
3: I have not seen Jack Black at a restaurant. And actually, Greg and I were talking about this in the break. Um, I do like like I like I the idea of hockey. I get why it's like appealing. I'm not really that particular to any sports in general. But if it's on... And that's, like, my only option. I'll probably get engaged with it because I did grow up watching a lot of different sports and playing a lot of sports when I was a kid. So uh, I went through a hardcore mm-hmm. hockey phase when, you know, what, the Mighty Ducks and things like that were coming out. So we had, we got to switch off between who got the broom and who got our hockey stick when we were kids. And we had roller blades and generally, spoiler alert, I'm the youngest. So it was generally me that had to play with the broom.
2: Very nice. Way to spoil the mighty ducks. Um
1: <laughs> We just talked about this. Vanessa, this is a safe space. What question all we right, doing next?
2: Um uh, Let's do uh Joseph Kane red. We'll just fire through all his questions. Yeah, what
1: do you think? I'm down with that. Uh
2: we got a we got a few of them here. Um I I loved all of these questions. He came in at the
1: eleventh uh, hour.
2: Eleventh hour. I was like, what's what's the what's the hour? <laughs> you you read my mind. This is actually uh, posted Joseph eleven came... hours
1: ago at the time of recording. <laughs>
2: oh my god, poetry. <laughs> uh, thank you, Joseph, for all your questions. Um, we'll start with the first one. What do people misunderstand about your movie preferences the most?
1: Um for me i would say it's that i'm not pretentious i'm just passionate um i'll get really into a movie debate um i obviously know a lot about movies i got a degree in them and i make a podcast about them i don't really feel like i know a lot like i feel outmatched by cinephiles personally um but i also like hardcore operate under like if you liked the movie then for you it's a good movie like i'm not going to like tell anyone you're not allowed to like this you're not supposed to like this like i like for a long time my favorite movie was pirates of the caribbean 2 um like i just it, you like what you like and you don't really have to justify it any more than that um if you want to talk to me about why a movie is objectively good then i will debate you you know but like if you just want to say you liked it I ain't got shit to say to you about that. I like tons of dumb shit. I like pro wrestling. You know, like I'm. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's stupid, <laughs> famously. Yeah, it's stupid. It's a dumb, mindless entertainment, and I love it. Sports. There we go. Even. Thanks, Vince. um So yeah, I would say it's that. <sighs> I I i think that like people use the term dis- pretentious to like dismiss like something they don't understand a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, like, I I think people feel intimidated to talk about movies with me, and uh, I really am, like, dude, I'm not about to actually you on anything. You know, like, I'm not about to, like, pull rank or pull knowledge. I'm probably going to be happy that uh, you wanted to talk about movies with me, so I'm actually not going to be a dick. <laughs> like, even if you're wrong about something, I... I want you talking about movies with me to be a rewarding experience, and I'd rather have the long-term satisfaction of you wanting to do that again than the short-term satisfaction of me making you feel small, which wouldn't even bring me satisfaction. So I don't know why I'd call it that. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, what about you, Nessa Bear?
3: Um, I don't necessarily think anybody gets like there's like misunderstandings, um, but maybe just like how eclectic um, my, like, movie preferences are, I think, uh, is I can, you know, like, hang with the dumbest chick flicks, uh, you know, I'm gonna throw this one out there, both of you guys need to see the trailer for a new film that's coming out, it's not a film, never mind, a new movie that's coming out, uh, called Marry Me, that's got Mm. Owen Wilson and, uh, J-Lo, um, as the two stars. It looks horrible yes um but I like, am i going to test to... my
1: statement about not making people feel small no
3: no no, no, no. <laughs> it looks terrible but am i going to go to the theater with all of my girlfriends to watch this 100 percent. have fun and so i'm like that kind of stuff while also like do i think it's good you guys what
2: you guys have a great time.
3: We probably will. I we know you will. We probably will. Um, so I, I think it's it's that kind of thing of like, I can, whereas I feel like you don't necessarily do that as much as I do. Like I do it
1: things, with different stuff.
3: Different stuff, I just gave yeah,
1: Mortal yeah. Kombat an honorable mention for my sure. favorite movie sure. of all time. <laughs> it has nothing to do with quality of movies and everything to do with how we were socialized. Yeah. Can I really make a case that like... Mortal Kombat is objectively better than Twilight New Moon, yes, and I do it a lot, but am I doing it in good faith? Probably not.
3: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's more that. Like what are my preferences? Like what is a feel good movie to me versus you? I feel like honestly the people that like the person that probably questions my preferences most is most likely you. That you're just like, objectively tell me why and I'm like, I can't really. I just like it. Um, do I think it's good? No. Um. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I, I did show a lot of restraint when you gave an honorable mention to Practical Magic. I think I It's, fine. You, like I it. it's
3: fine. you don't have to like it. I made a face, too. It's fine. You don't have to like it. I just, there's something about that, like, it's women helping women, and it's great, and they're taking down toxic masculinity in, like, the most, yeah. like, actual form. By He's brainwashing a guy? No, they don't brainwash him.
1: All I remember is they didn't even have the guys for a green
2: screen.
3: And, oh, no, no, so, no oh, we're no. not, sorry, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah.
2: No oh, That's why
1: that's why Greg stopped us. Also
2: also no debate.
1: <laughs> I just like completely neutralized everything I just said. So We've
2: got good. like 20 other questions you're right, you're right, to
3: get right. to. Sorry. Okay, so that's 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 me I think just the eclecticness of my preferences.
2: I love it. Uh drink together they they are. Uh what do people misunderstand about my movie preferences that I've seen anything? <laughs> I haven't seen shit. I haven't seen Ghostbusters, guys. Um, have you seen
1: Ghostbusters 2016?
2: No, and I don't want to. So I won't.
3: But they're girl boss. Uh
2: What's another one? Beetlejuice. Uh, I didn't see Aliens. I haven't seen Beetlejuice. Ooh,
3: Aliens is great. I haven't... You should definitely watch it. Like it is.
2: I have seen it, but I didn't see it until maybe like three years uh,
3: okay, ago. Okay,
2: that's fair. Um... There's there's a bunch of other ones. Basically, if it came out in the 80s, I haven't seen Hocus Pocus and I don't want to. That's 90s. I haven't oh, whatever. If it's, it's like I, I think I said in an episode before, my parents are major TV heads. They're not big movie people unless it's Star Wars um and like a couple other sci-fi classics and they were like big into Lord of the Rings and everything. If it's like an 80s classic or like a 90s um, pop culture film I probably haven't seen it because they just don't give a shit
0: there
2: yeah. and at this point probably neither do I I'll watch Ghostbusters eventually Will but
1: just watch Beetlejuice
2: I'll watch Beetlejuice okay, first thank you. because I love you, thank you Danny
1: I've been wondering that cuz you haven't seen Beetlejuice <laughs>
2: That's the symbol of my love is I will watch Beetlejuice outside of October. Um, Denny, what is Joseph's next question here? What is your favorite childhood memory with a live movie theater? Um,
1: I'm going to go. I don't even remember what movie we were seeing, but one time... uh... My grandma let me and my brother wear our Darth Vader and Stormtrooper costumes to the movie theater. Um, I think it
0: might have been Star Wars. No, no, no,
1: no, no. It definitely wasn't. Like, that's what's funny. Um, that's she even She just, cooler. like, bought us the costumes that weekend, and we were really excited about them. Um, and then we, uh, we sat in the front row, and before the movie started, we just got up walked in front of the screen and started dancing and like the whole theater loved it.
0: <laughs> Two random ass <laughs> little kids in
1: star Wars costumes, uh, dancing in front of a movie screen. I-, I think that's gotta be my number one favorite from childhood. I don't even remember what movie it was.
2: That's awesome. Do you ha- do you have one Vanessa?
3: Um, I'm trying to think, uh, we, there was like a really cool old theater, uh, when we lived in Kentucky, I think it was like where, Rosemary Clooney lived in that, like, George Clooney's mom, aunt, I don't know, something, someone who was related to George Clooney. I saw him walking his dog one time when he was visiting. Um, But uh, Ah. it was, like, where she used to, like, all of, a lot of her movies were shown and stuff. Um, And uh, we got to see, like, an old screening of, I don't even remember what it was, but it was, like, some, like, old movie that we, like, got to get dressed up for, and it was really cool. We didn't usually get to do things like that So it was like fancy I think I wore like white gloves and a hat Or something like that It was like a tea time and old fancy movie Which was like not really my family's thing But it was a really cool like experience That we got to go to in this really cool theater
0: That's awesome Hell yeah Mm
2: -hmm. Dressing up Fancy for the theaters as a kid That kicks ass
1: Greg what's yours? Um, For whatever reason
2: I've got like a weird specific memory of when we went to see Space Jam. Um, And it makes no sense, but why I remember this, but like all of the lights were green on our way to the theater in DeSoto, Texas, the Cinemark. <laughs> it was just like... Wow, every single light was green on our way to see Space Jam. What a great time. And then I don't really remember much about seeing the movie. I don't know why that part stuck out to me.
3: What a day. I
2: love traffic convenience. <laughs> Who doesn't?
3: Even at a young um, age. can appreciate
2: but, convenience of tra- One of my favorites was watching the first Pokemon movie, which it's ballsy to call it Pokemon the first movie. But we oh, got this.
1: Oh, shit. I know what awesome. that is.
2: This... This Mew card that I just showed Denny and Vanessa. Where you get a free Pokemon card with that movie. Um, Hell yeah.
3: That was a great movie to see in theaters. (sighs) I remember going and seeing that in theaters.
1: I've got vivid memories of Space Jam and Pokemon in theaters. And the car ride too. I
2: just remembered. I just remembered when we saw Pokemon in theaters. It was like just a few minutes in the movie, the film melted.
1: (gasps) Like, part of that reel just melted. That was a genuine reaction from me and Vanessa. I remember how bad I wanted to see that movie. Me
0: too.
2: (laughs) I just remembered that because we are just like, okay, is this part
0: (laughs) of it? Like, what's going on? Oh no.
2: And then they fixed it pretty quickly after, but I I just remembered that like part of the film just completely melted on the screen hope it wasn't during that
1: Don fan reveal
2: Might have been I don't know I missed it Uh... Uh, Denny Or Vanessa What's the best movie you've ever seen That you will never watch again So the way I interpreted this Wait what The The way I interpreted this Is like it's a good movie that you saw You never really want to see it again Mm Mm-hmm uh we just listed our favorite movies we've probably watched them many times what's something you saw one time you'll probably never see it again but it like it's in the top tier yeah. of that kind uh, of movie.
3: for me it's leaving las vegas fantastic oh. a very very poignant film i had an incredibly visceral reaction to it and i will never watch it again but I do think that people should watch it trigger warnings, though. Like, look up some of those trigger warnings before you watch it if you got some trauma.
1: After we watched Leaving mm-hmm. Las Vegas, I had to put on Muppet Treasure Island to help Vanessa cool down.
3: And then I fell asleep because I was so exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, there was a, it was a lot of mental tor- turmoil for me. It, it, yeah. Um,
1: I don't know that I'll never watch it again, but I have no desire to watch it again. And it's something we were just talking about. Life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. I just, I, yeah. I, it's like, it's not because it was so grotesque or anything like that. It's because it's really long, it's really heavy, and I also don't know that I'd ever really want to mess with that experience of the first time watching it. You know, sure. like, I, I mm-hmm. it's it's not like a rewatch because you loved it, but it's not like I had such, like, a horrible reaction that I'm like, that one's off limits. Here's our dog coming to see us. Um Aww. But it's just one that I'm like, I think I got the full, like, oh, she's coming on the couch. Um, is
3: she coming. Hey, puppy. Hello. Oh, hey,
1: big girl. Um, Eleven, the dog making a cameo to lick her mommy's face. Um,
2: You're behind the dog. The camera, the microphone won't get you.
1: Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, great. Um, (laughs) I'm sticking my head under a dog's. Um, Our dog is big. (laughs) So... All that goes to say, it's a movie that I truly loved. It's not like I I can't handle this again, but it's just like I just think I, I think I got it. I think I fully got it. I'm not gonna sit down and watch it because I was like craving it because it's not that kind of movie, you know. Like, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with Life Is Beautiful.
3: That, yeah. But if one. if you be...
1: really wanted to, I would. I think but, I would like, probably
3: watch it again. Um, just I'm... to. Not not now, but like yeah. you
1: know again, not a like absolutely off limits. No more of this. Just a like of my own volition. I'll know it's one of the best movies ever made, and I yep. think I just like fully absorbed the experience, and I'm I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. So, what about you, Greg?
2: Um, I've been dying to watch the new Blade Runner movie again. It just hasn't happened We're yet. It tomorrow, but. I know I got work and then I got to work on another work. Um but my other pick is probably Tree of Life by Terrence Malick. I um, it.
1: Once I it... hated it too.
2: You you guys yeah. hated it? I I would be willing Damn. to give okay. it another
3: chance because I was in a different place in life when Same. I watched it. Same. But
2: we my old church like we went to uh, the town where it was filmed as like Austin we were doing like
1: Dallas? a <laughs> Austin <What>? or Dallas
2: <laughs> the Austin one like the house oh. in, when uh, they were kids okay. Um, it's like if you've seen the movie hope floats that house is like at the end of that street mm. so there's like hey we were, like, down in that same small town. It's like, this is the house where Hope Floats is. Also, halfway down the street, they're shooting a new movie with Brad Pitt. It's called The Tree of Life. And, um, yeah, nobody was there. But, like, we got to see the house. There was, like, a security guard out there. Like, don't step on the grouse. Continuity errors. Yeah. Whatever. But, like, that movie just... the It's, like... It's good there's like probably two-thirds of it that are just like man remember being a kid with your older brother and I'm like yeah I sure do and this is exactly what it feels like and it's like such an emotional experience for me personally just thinking about like spending days like finding stuff to do with your older brother and like with the BB gun and (laughs) playing with the neighborhood kids and stuff like that it's just like it makes it all of that feels so real. But at the same time, like I don't really need to watch that movie again. I'm fine. Fair. Very fair. It, 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 it brought a lot out of me, but I'm not um, itching to ever watch that again. I,
1: I'd give it another run simply because so many people I know have liked it. And yeah. I this year, I got into David Lynch and found a new appreciation for just kind of like experiential type stuff. You know
2: meandering experience yeah, but yeah. I,
1: I used to hate it vehemently Same. and i don't know what changed um but i was just like no i've you got more I introspective this now. Buddy. i did get a lot more introspective good point um and i was not introspective when i saw uh well it's introspective i was not good at introspection when i saw tree of life i spent a lot of time on it without a lot of success
0: <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh
2: Denny, what is, uh, Joseph's uh, fourth question here, what is an insult you've received that you're actually kind of this proud of? This has
1: absolutely nothing to do with movies. Um mm-hmm. on the...
2: Exactly. These questions can be about anything, yeah. guys. The next one, just fire away with anything.
1: On, uh, on the last day of wrestling school, our trainer gave us public evaluations. And he did not mean this as a compliment in any way, but he said it to me and one other classmate. You technically have the bare minimum of what it takes to be a professional wrestler. And we hugged each other crying. Um, Because, first of all, to me, I was like, well, I came here with less than that. You know, like, I, I did not have what it took to be a pro wrestler when I started this. And second of all, like, he told a couple people in the class they should not be wrestling. You know, like, so it, like, actually meant something. He was being very sincere in his evals, so um my trainer did not like me at all <laughs> it was clear and other people picked up on it um, and uh that actually meant a lot uh, again me and my friend graham nash we hugged each other and cried and we were like dude we're below average we did it <laughs> we're the bare minimum we made it over the threshold
3: yeah. <laughs> i love that
1: what about you, Vanessa?
3: Uh, I don't really know. Like, honestly, nothing's really come to mind that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh,
2: I don't think Vanessa and I really have anything for this one. Yeah. I don't want to speak for no, you, Vanessa. Yeah, but... I don't... You know
1: what? I'll give you something right now. Okay. Vanessa, I hate that you're so beautiful. Oh, and Greg, sake. I hate that you're such a good friend.
3: Gay!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, baby. I hate it, too. <laughs> Vanessa's very lovely. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Well, this will get brought up later, but what is your favorite holiday movie? Holiday, I guess we mean Christmas. Yeah, Yeah, I did. I don't. I I don't think. That's alright. Yeah. (laughs) We can't get them all. Uh, We're running out of time here. Uh, What's your favorite holiday movie? And what does that say about you?
1: So, are we doing Christmas?
2: Yes. Uh, holiday being Christmas, I assume, here.
1: Um, I'm going to go with Muppet Christmas Carol, and I think what it says about me God. is that uh, yes, I can be very jaded, but there is a way to my heart, and I'm a very sentimental person. I don't
2: know how to say, like... Well, yeah, here we go. Everything Denny said just... Put it on my answer. It's Muppet Christmas Carol. All
1: three
3: of us? It's the best holiday movie.
1: (laughs) No question about it.
2: It's the best one. I I'm jaded. I'm not I love I'm one of the people that Mm -hmm. loves Christmas, but I don't like musicals, but I love this movie. While Denny and I may have had different answers or like reasonings, we it's the same thing. It's just like I don't like this thing. But this is a celebration of that thing in its purest form and i love it
3: yeah but i also think like
2: for you it's christmas for me it's yes yeah,
3: i i think it also is Great. like one michael kane does phenomenally like that's what i love about like the muppet movies is that like you take a person who takes it seriously like it's it is a quirky situation it's silly because it's the muppets But they also take it very seriously that they're in a movie and, like, you get that, that like, feel of it. Uh, It's just so great. It's, like, like the only movie that we always watch for the holidays. It's, like, like a Christmas Eve one. Yeah, it's it's our Christmas movie. Because it
1: actually is so good that it warms my heart and mm -hmm. makes me be, like, ah, fuck it. Where's my Christmas spirit? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well like Michael Caine told the director, he was like "Nephew you Sorry. and niece to me <laughs> will bring love, hope, and peace to me. Um Just
2: needed a few bars. He told the
1: corrector er, the director." he told the director, I absolutely will not be doing any comedy in this movie. I want you to know Kim I'm gonna director. play this hundred percent straight. Shout mm-hmm. out to Kim Director, first generation immigrant <laughs> from Filmoslavia. <laughs>
2: Just send it at the script supervisor family. <laughs> um
1: Do we want to do the 18-year-old self one piece of advice?
2: Yeah, um I would yeah, if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what it would what would it be? Nothing! Time travel is too volatile. Yes. I'm not fucking with the timeline. Uh Sound of thunder, read it. Don't touch anything, don't do anything etc
3: yeah this is the only timeline that makes sense for me to be <laughs> mm-hmm. where i am right now sitting in the place that i am next to this man right here and i don't want to fuck with that so
2: ruin yeah i i hate to ruin the sentiment of the question uh like it's kind of like a, what have you learned over the last you know 13 14 years and it's like Fuck you, time travel is too. <laughs> well,
3: like, it,
0: <laughs>
2: I don't really like but, that. But
3: I, I like, I, I truly do, like, that. this is my answer, like, not even tongue-in-cheek, it's, like, the what do you regret about your life, and I'm, like, yeah, I have things that I, like, wish that maybe I could have saved myself some pain and journey, but, like, I love the woman that I am because of the things that I had to go through during those times, and, like, I am a compilation of all of my life experiences, and who knows how any of those differences would have changed you know, who I am in that moment and the things that I know about myself and the mm-hmm. people that I love and, you know, like where I am in life. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's not only where you are now, it's like in four or five or 20 mm-hmm. years, it's going to be like the next phase of that yeah. thing. And like, I wouldn't do anything to harm or hinder that, even though there was a lot of pain to get Absolutely. there and there will be pain to get to the next 100%. thing. Yeah. Like, it's it's too hard for me to, like, put myself in that kind of hypothetical, mm-hmm. I guess. But maybe um, invest in GameStop, I guess.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll give it. You guys kind of... Like, my answer is choose this timeline. Because, yeah. honestly, I would change everything about everything if I could meet Vanessa any other way. Mm. I mean it from the bottom mm-hmm. of my heart. I have nothing but regret about my life before the age 25 <laughs> like i i mean it if i could take another path and be with vanessa i would take it if we could have just met in a college class i would do that um but that mm-hmm. is not the way it is and mm-hmm. so i would tell myself to choose this timeline because i almost didn't ask vanessa out because it just didn't seem like it made sense on paper it didn't and something <laughs> something like stopped me and was like hey denny What's your favorite 80s love ballad about the appropriateness of timing? What's your favorite love story? What's your favorite movie about how everything went according to plan? And I was just like, oh, God. I've got to ask Vanessa out, don't I? Yeah, you do. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually, just in case that was some sort of multiverse intervention, I'll often whisper back to myself choose this timeline and send that signal just in case it actually is how it happened do i believe that's how it happened probably not but just in case there was some like energy approaching me from multiverses i'll tell myself to pick this timeline um to give a funny answer i will tell myself uh The one gross-out counselor challenge you will not be able to successfully eat is ketchup and M&M's. Don't even try. (laughs) Um, You will be able to eat everything else you try to eat for the amusement of children, Mm -hmm. but ketchup and M&M's, you will truly regret that for the rest of your life. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh,
2: Joseph's last question here. uh, We'll do this one as a quick hitter, even though it... (laughs) demands a lot more conversation uh tell me about three the three most influential movies in your life and how they impacted you um i just i honestly had no answer and then i just one at a time i was like this one made me think of this it's really hard to nail influence so i'll go like what influenced a lot of my sense of humor is the emperor's new groove um my perception of like war and violence uh was shaped by The Iron Giant mm. and a lot of it it changed my perception on filmmaking uh in Glorious mm. Bastards
1: very nice Um Vanessa you have a
2: topic
3: I didn't like think through this super well but um I think like I mean kind of like you've said like Perks of Being a Wallflower like mental health in movies, Mm -hmm. um, I, I would also say, like, maybe Girl Interrupted as well within Mm -hmm. that too, like, that's another one that, like, really brought Mm -hmm. that to the focus, um, uh, I mean, I already said, like, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, I think, like, actually, I, I have a tendency and have had a tendency in the past to really, like, daydream through life of, like, thinking through what could be the most cool option instead of, like, actually living and doing life, and so that, I think is, is, is one that, like, encourages me to, like, actually get on and, like, live my life in the present as I'm living it, Mm -hmm. um, be fully present Mm -hmm. where I am in that moment, um, and then, uh, I'm trying to think, too, like, um, yeah, maybe, like, five, five five-year engagement or Sarah, forgetting Sarah Marshall, like, both of those are, like, really really impactful mm-hmm. um, like you have to yeah like finding yourself loving yourself accepting yourself for who you are you know things things like that and also just like choosing to at some point like I don't think there's any one person for anyone I think that some people are better suited with each other like romantically and like compatibly uh, but also you just kind of got to commit yep. like make a commitment and, and go with it
1: yep um, I'm going to deviate from the format a little bit here cause I can't narrow it down to three, but I am going to talk about movies that worked in tandem together for three themes and two of them aren't movies. Um, one, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say silver linings playbook and the perks of being a wallflower. Um, because they, I had a big bias against therapy and getting help. Um, not only did they make me feel more okay saying I needed help, they normalized it and, I think that they were probably catalyst into me becoming a therapist and also me getting more mentally healthy. Um, also with romance, I would say 500 days of summer and the five year engagement both really affected like 500 days of summer, whatever. I don't care if this is cringe. I was 19 and I was hurting. Um, <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it just helped me get over the most devastating heartbreak I'd ever had. Cause I definitely had like romanticized ideas of the one, you know, and, um, and it helped me also, like, have, like, on a couple watches, like, the first one, it really seemed like it was calling out uh, Zoë Deschanel's character, and I kind of needed to view it that way, and then on the second watch, I was like, ah, eh, it's kind of calling out Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, really, for being, like, a Manic Pixie Dream Girl or Nice Guys contributor, um, and I think mm-hmm. I needed to blame the external before I could look at myself, and it helped me do both of those things. Five Hundred Days of Summer, man, I've broken up with a girl because of that movie. Um, she wasn't happy about it, <laughs>
0: um, <laughs>
1: I, and I, I do think that was like my final parting with these like Disney ideas of the one. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you just like pick someone you want to be with and commit. And finally, I'm gonna say um, a combination of the TV show Community mm-hmm. and. Bo Burnham's Make Happy special, neither of which are movies, but they like. I want to give them credit where credit is due, simply because of this. For as much as I love movies, and for the like hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of movies I've seen and thought deeply about and analyzed, very 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 few pieces of media have truly affected how I think about myself, the world, or other people. Like just like very few have had like some formative impact, you know, like that really actually Mm. changed how I do things. Mm -hmm. Um, Community was just kind of there for me in a dark time uh, when I felt very isolated and very alone. I just remember relating to that show so hard and also thinking I was a crazy person and didn't want anybody to find out how crazy I was. Um, And basically being like having this moment of clarity where I was like, if I related to this and someone made this hoping I would relate to it, that means someone else has felt what I'm feeling. And if this is a popular show, then that means a lot of people have felt what I'm feeling. So actually yeah. I'm not so alone. Even if there's no one here with me right now, I at least know that like this isn't some crazy person experience. You know like if 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 lots of people are relating to this, this can't be that bad. Like, this can't be that uniquely horrible, I guess is what I'm saying. It actually was that bad. Um, But (laughs) it can't be that uniquely horrible. And Bo Burnham's Make Happy special just really, you know, at at the same point in a dark and lonely time in my life, really affected my relationship with performance and genuineness. Um, And really caused me to take a hard, hard look at the fact that I was performing life. And that I wasn't being genuine. And that I lost track of when I was on stage and when I was off stage. And it was all just one big performance. And my performed self was not my actual self. And I felt shame about that because I felt like I had something to live up to. And that really helped me stop doing that. Um, so, yeah. There we go. I need another beer.
2: Seamless it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, next we'll do somebody who texted you, Denny. Who do you got a text from?
1: Ooh, this is a good one. Friend of the show, Will Reno. Oh, yeah. Um, I've heard of him. He's got a few. Um, does a movie's greatness have to be accessible to the common viewer? Um, like, for example, like, his explanation was does the dark Knight being a beloved movie by many people make it more great or is it irrelevant is a movie less great if only a few people know about it slash relate with it
2: i would say the first has mm. well that's kind of tough i i i think this second one has very little bearing on how i perceive a film's greatness for me at least um i don't know it's kind of tough i don't i don't think a film being good depends on if it's widely perceived as good yeah and i don't think a film being like publicly unnoticed has any bearing on how good it is yeah I don't think they're insignificant, but I think that a film getting a lot of public attention as being good does help it in some sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But something going unnoticed, I don't think I would consider that much of a like hindrance on the quality. But also, if that makes sense,
1: getting a lot of like, if we're talking about like in the court of public opinion, getting a lot of public attention can actually hurt it because then it becomes overhyped. You know, like like for example, yeah. like mm-hmm. right now if you said The Dark Knight is the best movie ever made, film buffs would roll their eyes. But there was a time when like dude, I mean, I was I was 18. I fully thought that. <laughs> you know, like I like and also The Dark Knight is one of the best movies ever made and it was is without a doubt the best movie ever made in its genre. Like as far as a superhero movie goes, The Dark Knight is absolutely the best superhero movie ever made, and it's not even fucking close. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess it comes down to what's your definition of greatness. Because, like, I just said a minute ago, if you think a movie's great, then for you it's a great movie. You know, like, no one can argue with that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I'd almost say on an individual level it's irrelevant uh i would critique like i would critique some like modern postmodern art type films of being like if no one was able to get what you did mm-hmm. then you failed you know like if only like mm-hmm. critics extremely well versed in the genre can understand what you were doing and appreciate it then i think you missed your mark
0: mm-hmm.
1: however Maybe that's exactly what you were trying to do. So what the fuck do I know? You know, like, I I, I don't know. I, I'd say... I, I do get reactionary and contrarian at times, but, like... I don't know, man. Like, I underrated Shawshank because I thought people overhyped it, and then I watched it again, and I was like, okay, it's not the best movie of all time, but it's really fucking good. Like, it's, yeah. it's a really good movie, you mm-hmm. know? So, I don't know.
3: Well, I, I also think, like to just piggyback off of what both you guys are saying i think we're all kind of saying the same thing but i i would say it's a delicate balance of both that like there can be a short film made by some college students that is like brilliant and intelligent Mm -hmm. and a wonderful film that most likely is never going to come to see me and so like something being great like it having some public opinion, it having funds, things like that, like, to be able to be accessible mm-hmm. to a wider audience does give it more of, like, the ability to have some renown. Agree. Um, I don't think, but I do think it's a delicate balance of, like, is it some recency bias? Like, is this everyone is overhyped it now? Like, I think it kind of needs to be, a, a, again, like, a real delicate balance of both and. That, yeah. like, it's not necessarily needed But it helps it to get to a certain point where, like, more people are going to be able to see it. Mm -hmm. So that it needs to be at least somewhat accessible to people. Because, like, fucking Synecdoche, New York. Some people would say... you, Chris Boyd. (laughs) (laughs) Some people would say that that's, like, a great film. It is not very accessible to many people. And so, like, its greatness is lost on me. While I can say, like, this seems like it took a long time. It seems like the people who are part of this project are really passionate about it. I can uh-huh. see that there's a lot of time and effort into it, and yet because it's so inaccessible to me, I really, it, it diminishes it in my eyes.
0: Hmm.
3: And so, like, maybe if you had, like, adjusted it, even in its minutiae, to make it a little bit more accessible, I think it could be more great.
1: Yeah, fair.
2: What's Will's next question?
1: Uh, this is his second and last question. Um,
2: I don't want to keep talking about Synecdoche. But, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: we'll do Synecdoche one day because oh I have God, complex I feelings wanna, on it. Fuck it off.
2: Oh, it's a solo shit. episode Fucking, with you.
1: Okay, me and Chris are going to do Synecdoche. Oh,
0: uh-huh. I'm mad.
1: <laughs> um, Will asked, uh, What are things in a movie that stop your suspension of disbelief? What are your pet peeves and
0: such? <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Uh, if you guys have any, go ahead. I I'm, do. I'm going to think of how to verbalize this. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: I, I have quite you a look few. You like you're ready to go. Yeah, no, I, do. Like, <laughs> I know Like, one, I think it's, like, some, like, easily researchable medical stuff. Like, how a needle goes in an arm, shit like that. Like, are you doing fucking CPR correctly? <laughs> like, things like that that I'm like, it is not... You don't need, like, five pages into Wikipedia. This is frontline information. (laughs) Like, you don't have to do that much research, and everyone has a researcher on their film crew. There is someone who checks for this shit. It is so fucking easy to look at, and it's, like, it just takes me out of it and shows me that you did not give a shit about this specific thing that makes it more believable. Language, Um... pronunciation, all of that kind of stuff, too, like, really gets my grill, um... And I'm like, I get some people have accents and that's fine, but, like, God, some people just, like, butcher other languages and they think that it doesn't matter because American audiences won't notice. But everyone else does.
2: <laughs> I've got mine, Denny, go ahead. Uh,
1: expositional dialogue, um, when especially when it's obvious. Like, for example, like, Pulp Fiction, they weave all this stuff in. It's something Tarantino's truly a master of, is, like, making expositional dialogue that's going to be important later seem like it's part of a pointless conversation that you're still interested in. Um, but something that just constantly pulls me out is, uh, um, some
2: people are the opposite of that. Yeah.
1: Like a character just spouting lore or saying shit to another character. It just, I'm like, Oh, that's right. I'm watching a movie. Like just completely breaks my immersion. They're telling Mm -hmm. this to the audience because we need context and they found a really lazy way to do it um that, that's probably my biggest thing that and uh, that in like excessive cgi especially if a character is cgi um other than davy jones um like <laughs> but it's just like there's there's something in my brain that always knows if a character is cgi what i'm watching is not real so none of it matters um avengers age of ultron uh, why not just make a terminator robot run around like you have the money you lazy fucks um it's uh, yeah that that just i i don't love no one likes the excess of cgi right now i've never heard someone say this is good you know like um yeah but like specifically when an entire character is cgi i'm just like yeah nothing's i'm i'm on my couch watching a movie right now it, i'm not in the world anymore so yeah it's just an un, a brain recognition thing versus like you watch alien and you see the xenomorph running around and you're pretty sure it's real <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. you're pretty sure they filmed a real xenomorph running around <laughs> what about you greg
2: there's i want more time to think about this and it's something that ruined my viewing of silver linings playbook which we just talked about
1: Jennifer Lawrence
2: Yes I love Jennifer Lawrence in that movie Nailed it No it's it's not her Like there's something that uh, that the script will do that'll happen a lot of in a lot of David O Russell's movies who made that he made American Hustle Three Kings like he's made a lot of movies that are good but there's like a specific thing that happens that hinders my enjoyment and I'll I'll get to it in another episode mm. but for me I think I gotta go with ADR automated oh, dialogue replacement yeah. when a you hear somebody saying something and the actor as you're seeing them is clearly not saying those oh, things oh yeah, yeah yeah it's it's fine It's totally acceptable when it's like, you can mask it pretty well, but I think it's one of the things that kept me from absolutely loving the new Mad Max movie, is they use that heavily and intensely in some points, when like, I think they could have got it if they just had the (laughs) actor say those lines. Like, I know they had a lot of trouble making that film, and there were a lot of issues, but there's just some, like, super heavy ADR in that movie that just, like, sucks me right out of it. As soon as I'm like, oh, this is Tom Hardy saying this into a microphone, trying to lip-sync what he's saying on screen right now, I'm thinking of the filmmaking process. I'm not thinking about the characters and what they're saying. Sure uh there's there's good and there's bad and when it's bad i'm i'm taken right back out
1: very fair uh why don't we go with Leah rivera a k a sleeping beauty in <laughs> the background of this episode um
2: if you heard her snoozing a while ago <laughs> i'm sorry
0: <laughs>
1: what is uh what is our favorite episode of movies for when so far and why
2: i got three uh movies for when you're having the worst halloween ever mm-hmm. because i love the result of that episode our discussion on frozen is one of my favorite things we've done
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um movies for when you're going to disneyland disney world disneyland? disney world what was it? disney world movies for when you're going to disney world just because of how I ruined the entire setup of that episode?
1: <laughs> how you? Oh yeah, <laughs> you bastards! I,
2: I fucked any over by saying like, "What if the only movies we could do would be the ones that rides were based on?" <laughs> and then um, I think the other one is movies for when only '90s kids will understand, because that's the episode where like the podcast felt like it was starting to take its like real form. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense, sure. so yeah. that's the more meta one, but the other two I love for very specific reasons.
1: <laughs> what about you, Nessa Bear? Um,
3: I'm trying to think, I liked the the meta meta horror episode. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was great. Like
1: self aware scare. Yeah,
3: self war scare. Um, I also really like the '90s kid one. Um, I and I I loved. I did love the monkey movie one. I feel like that's where it was like, <laughs> just kind of went off the rails and it was a really good time. What, three episodes like, in. Yeah, three we decided to go fully off the rails. Just go off the rails to be like, you think it's this, but here we are.
1: Um, I'm going to go with again. Uh, yeah. My, my favorite is uh worst Halloween ever. It's mm-hmm. just the best content we've produced. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, My second favorite is uh, movies for when it's Friday the 13th. I just loved that. um, Yeah. Honestly, I loved that I had a platform to talk about Friday the 13th for like three (laughs) hours. I loved that I got to share it with Greg. Um, I I, I usually listen to our episodes once, sometimes twice, just to like, honestly, Mm -hmm. like looking for ways to improve, you know, just like giving myself some notes. But um i've listened to both of those episodes multiple times just because i liked the content and maybe that's narcissistic but <laughs> i i was i was really proud of those episodes mm-hmm. um hell yeah why don't we go with uh, sorry go ahead greg i picked the last uh, question you or vanessa pick the next uh,
2: one i was gonna say let's go with uh carly renee over here kaylee, kaylee. carly uh kaylee i wrote it down wrong sorry kaylee so sorry uh, she's got a couple questions here. Uh, what actors would you cast to play yourself in a film?
1: So to make it interesting, should we just say none of us can pick Nick Cage?
2: <laughs> yeah. Because we all absolutely. know we
1: all know we would all pick Nick Cage, mm-hmm. right? I
3: probably wouldn't pick Nick <laughs> Cage for myself. But I honestly
1: you definitely would. I've got the hairline for him and mm-hmm. the um, explosive angry outburst for yeah.
3: him. <laughs> oh, oh, I
1: dropped I would my cup. Co- I spilled my diet coke again. Oh. I
2: would love to see him with that beard. Um,
1: oh, I don't know. You ripped my shirt. <laughs> you ripped my shirt. I do get passionate about my shirts. That's right. Uh, <laughs> let me think. I, I, I think mine are easy for me, actually. It would be either uh, Jason Segel or Pete Holmes. Uh, yeah. I, I think they get my energy. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I, yeah. I relate to them. A little bit of Zach Braff. But not enough. I would say Jason Siegel or Pete Holmes to play me.
2: You're not brave enough, dog. I'm not. Uh Vanessa D'Aveny?
3: I who would play Vanessa. Yeah, I'm I am i gonna throw that out. I don't know. I like can't really think of anybody specifically. Um what do you think?
1: I don't have anyone on my mind, honestly.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, Nobody could ever recapture the Vanessa uh, of Vanessa.
1: I don't know that I've ever seen an actor that just like screams, "That's you" to me. Yeah, but you have to pick somebody. Yeah, who would you want it to be? Maybe even if they're like, even if they're not very much like you, who would you trust with the performance?
3: Mm.
1: Ooh, now you pick, but I'm going to tell you who I think.
3: Okay, uh, Greg, you you go. Let me let me think for a little bit.
2: Um, if Zach Woods, uh, the guy he plays Gabe. In the office, if he could learn to be more laid back, I think he would be a great me, but I do believe I have very good resting Jesse Eisenberg face
3: yeah, I could see that absolutely
1: <sighs> I do think but i I think he could do it, but I would want art of self defense Jesse Eisenberg, not social network yes! Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. you know, like one hundred percent you deserve more depth than like the quiet guy.
2: Yeah like dude I'm 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 never getting Aaron Sorkin treatment. That's not me.
1: <laughs> um Greg, what about it's Andrew Garfield as ma- you? Would you be upset about it's that? Too many hierarchy?
2: words, Aaron. <laughs> um yeah, other social network stars. Um
1: Is Andrew uh, Garfield? Maybe
2: he's a little him? Yeah, he is. Oh, he's uh The other guy. I don't even remember uh, <laughs> him.
1: I, I I remember him from the amazing Spider Man ones, and uh honestly, I hate those movies, but I really loved his Peter Parker. Like I, I thought he was a really solid Peter Parker for as much as I thought those movies fucking blue. Um, I
2: feel like he could get my persona down okay. He's got the nose for it, that's the main thing.
1: I've never thought much about your nose until now, Greg. Hmm.
2: It's big, look at it.
1: Nah, it's not that big. It's pointy. But, Greg, you're a very angular human, so you can have a pointy nose.
2: I got a lot of sharp points. <laughs>
3: got a lot of edges, that, Greg.
1: <laughs> Vanessa?
3: A
2: lot of polygons. <laughs> Vanessa, do you have one for you?
3: Um, well, Denny picked up uh, Greta, Greta Gerwig, um, and I do feel like that fits. Ooh. Um, I would trust yeah. her to play Vanessa. I, I'm trying to, like, there's someone who's, like, at the tip mm. of my tongue that I'm, like, thinking of that, I don't know, wasn't, like,. I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, whoever is dark hair with some flannel, maybe it is Mae Whitman, actually. I just pulled her up um, on IMDb. Yeah, I... I honestly
1: I, think she could do yeah, a really good Vanessa. I, I think,
3: yeah, Mae Whitman could definitely... I'm a little taller than she is, but yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but All yeah.
2: Right. I just went on... I went on Facebook and I I read that it is Kaylee, and I'm very, very, very sorry. I'm
1: officiating her wedding, how could you? Um <laughs> Sorry! Let's get to uh, our next question. If you could hang out with the cast of any film, which would it be?
2: Uh, the Clumps, because I want to hang out with eight different Eddie Murphys.
3: Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the
2: real answer, I, I saw this and I I immediately thought uh, Dolomite is my name.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that. I haven't either.
2: Yeah. Uh, You got eddie murphy again you got wesley snipes you've got um oh shoot what's his name big big guy from the office what's his name i can't think of it craig robinson yeah Mm uh just like an all-star list of people that the the end credits show some of the bloopers too i think Mm. if i remember right it just seemed like everybody was having the best time of their lives it seemed like such a cool movie um i thought of this one more as like during the film that you're thinking of while it was shooting that kind Uh, of yeah, yeah
1: yeah
3: uh i would pick probably uh the lord of the rings cast
2: They just, like, Ah. all of the trivia,
3: all the back, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, they just sounded like they were having just, like, a fucking blast making that movie the entire time. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And I
3: I like that movie and would like to go to New Zealand to hang out with them.
1: I'm honestly just trying to get as many cool people in one movie as I (laughs) could. Um, Part of me wants to pick The French Dispatch, because it's just the most sad white people there's ever been in one place. Um, and I'm a lifelong sad white person. You, you want to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> lifelong sad white person. I just think I'd relate. Um, God, I would really... I wish Jason Siegel and Pete Holmes were in the same movie
3: together. Um, Ooh, the cast of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. They would be amazing. That would mm. be so fucking fun to just hang out in Hawaii oh, I with I was them. literally
2: just about to say.
1: Changing my answer. Changing my answer. Uh, Ghostbusters.
3: Ooh,
2: that's good. Oh.
1: Bill Murray, Rick Moranis, Sigourney Weaver, Dan Aykroyd. That does seem fun. That kid from Stranger Things. Ray Hudson shit, uh, shit. and
2: uh, uh, oh, You me. mean the most recent one, right?
1: Yes. Absolutely not. No, god Chris, damn it. Um
2: Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, I can't, I remember huh? Kate McKinnon,
1: goddamn legend.
2: Patty. The guy who Wait.
1: fucking Oh my god. I quote him all the time.
2: The dead the one. Dan I
1: googled no, not I googled the dead one. I googled Jesus. Ghostbusters and, uh, yeah, sorry, excuse me. I googled <laughs> Ghostbusters less... and Ghostbusters, uh, Harold Ramis, Harold Ramis.
2: The less we say, the bigger asshole Denny is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Almost always. Yeah, I'm picking Ghostbusters.
3: Cool.
2: Damn, nice. What's
1: Kaylee's um question? Yeah, let's, let's wrap Kaylee before we move on.
2: Yeah, who would die first in a zombie apocalypse? Denny. Uh, me on purpose. No, it would be Fuck... a
1: race. Greg. Yeah, Denny and
3: you.
1: <laughs> we would be trying to kill each other while Vanessa's like fucking surviving.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I said me on purpose. Fuck that life. Uh, the only problem is, I'm pretty sure we'll like throw ourselves to the zombies, and then it'll be easily contained because there was like twelve of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, well they they died for nothing
3: <laughs> it was just a tiny outbreak right next to all of us yeah
2: like no we contained this we're good
1: yeah. <sighs> denny yes
2: if your pet 11 had a human voice or accent who or what would they sound like
1: Um, when i speak in her voice it is usually a mix of a hardened drug dealer and a toddler yeah uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hardened drug toddler yeah
1: mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What about you? What about Anton? Vanessa, you, you second that?
3: Uh, yeah, I, she sounds, like, pretty derpy to me. That she's just, like, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like she's, she's definitely got, like, a darker side to her that we don't know about. A lot of, a <laughs> lot of lonely nights and days behind the couch has really hardened her up. She doesn't need anybody, <laughs> but she likes some people. Yeah. So...
2: Um, my little guy is little and sweet. Um, he sounds like the voiceover in Man of the House <laughs> by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yep. A little raspy, but very sweet and adorable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Kaylee's final question: Can you guys do an episode for movies for when it's Christmas, but Christmas isn't your jam? Yes. Stay tuned. Stay Stick tuned. around um you know i know we're running a little bit long here but i think we'd be remiss uh that's all the facebook questions right
2: no we got mandy
1: oh shit mandy 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 our favorite movie um mandy's it's on all of our top 10 lists i'd like uh, i'd like to field this to you guys first what are your thoughts on the outcomes of survivor series yesterday
3: uh, i don't know anything about it i have not looked because i was on. they
1: all died challenge. i don't there
2: know there were no
3: survivors of this series there
1: were and did you guys think Were there survivors
2: because
3: the wwe is cutting everyone who matters there we
1: go so did you guys think the rock was going to make an appearance
3: i didn't i didn't
2: have a clue were you disappointed
1: when he didn't
3: no because i think he's he's seeing a sinking ship and we already saw him on a sinking ship of Jungle Cruise, so. Wow. Damn.
2: Oh, yes, I was
1: going to say something
2: Damn. about that. Nice.
1: Um, She's smart. My thoughts on Survivor Series yesterday? Mandy, I love you, fellow wrestling fan, fellow mental health professional, current teacher, um, works with Kristen Shelton. Um,
0: ah, I'm
1: familiar. Mandy, I hate to tell you this, but I have stopped watching WWE.
0: Yeah. Basic
1: bitch. Um, Kristen's a basic bitch? Yeah, she is um i uh i only watch all elite wrestling now i bitched about wwe sucking for 20 years and had no accessible alternatives and now i do and i am fucking done and wwe sucks worse than ever in my opinion um the thought, my thoughts i did read the outcomes because i want to be in the know no
0: uh, spoilers mm-hmm. i haven't seen them
1: I won't spoil anything. My okay. thoughts was it seems like the entire show was completely inconsequential. <laughs> cool. um, it seems like nothing from it mattered. Um, and it seems like they don't even care what they're putting on TV anymore. Um, I do think The Rock will probably... They, like, they're definitely gunning for The Rock to take on Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting him last night and didn't even know that people were until I saw everybody being disappointed that he wasn't there. Um, So I guess you couldn't say I was disappointed when he didn't. I do hope we do get The Rock versus Roman Reigns because to me that is the only payoff that you can do to this Roman Reigns story. You need to have The Rock come put him in his place and I hope it's at WrestleMania in Dallas. I'll see you there, Mandy. Um, Have we talked about Donnie Darko in relation to mental health? We have not. And I honestly haven't thought that much about Donnie Darko in relation to mental health, and I think it's a cool-ass conversation to have. and it
3: was one of the things that we talked about doing for, um...
1: Uh, rental health. Yeah. Oh, shit. That could be... A rental health video coming mm-hmm. up. Stay tuned to that.
2: Are we do, are we done with wrestling? Yeah, we're yeah,
1: do, we've we're been done, done with wrestling. With wrestling.
2: Uh-huh. Okay, I was looking at Twitter. Greg
1: Donnie Darko on mental health. When are we doing it?
2: Um, I always thought about Donnie Darko as a time travel thing. I would love to revisit that. I haven't seen it in a while. Could I I've seen it maybe three three or four times? Could I make a? You can rental health it if you
1: want. I think I will rental health it. I actually have a, I have an idea for the next rental health. I think we're gonna do. Here's an announcement for you, people who stuck with us. A classical Freudian analysis, psychoanalysis, of Max Goof from a Mm. Goofy movie.
3: (laughs) That's right. Can I read some of the questions from the, or are we pretty much done? No,
1: no, no. I was going to say, I think, I know we're running long, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't do a couple of the Bachelorette Party questions because they were really good
2: bachelorette
3: so uh this one was from um i think it was from you know what i'm not going to name who it was because i don't remember but i think it might have been ariel uh front of the show ariel but uh what film do you feel like an actor or actress transcended their type or genre so like when they became more than who they were originally kind of known for or what they were known for
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: someone else go first Vanessa?
3: Oh, God, I haven't thought about these. I just typed them. There <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> Jeez, I don't I Ooh, no idea. I've got
1: mine. Yeah. I think that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind uh, nice. solidified Jim Carrey as a serious, dramatic player.
3: Yep.
2: Fucking awesome. Showed,
1: showed a dimension that most people did not expect him to have because he was... Particularly one-dimensional in his comedy. And we loved every minute of it.
2: Mm. Um, Even though it wasn't super popular, I'll say that Good Time um, kind of was Robert Pattinson's departure from the Twilight kind of perception of him. Mm. That's when he started getting into his indie sector he's doing a24 movies this led to him getting into the lighthouse yeah. I was gonna um, say it was the
3: lighthouse for me that was but i didn't see anything else but like that was when it was like i was like this is not the same kid for sure
2: good time is it's the same uh filmmakers that did uh uncut gems mm-hmm. shit uh same sort of super close claustrophobic kind of feel
1: i watched a trailer for that i want to see it i'm remembering it now
2: it's good it's a good time um it is a good time
1: vanessa what you got for us
3: i'm trying to think i feel like this idea of like uh comedic actors transitioning from you know one thing to the next um I don't know, I'm thinking like uh Steve Carell in either like Dan in Real Life or which I don't really even like Foxcatcher. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Foxcatcher, but um I, I did just see Beautiful Boy uh the other day at work. Um
1: I don't work with you anymore.
3: Um <laughs> but he he's really he's really good in that film. Um and it's like there's not really much levity at all in it. Um, and he, he really carries a lot of emotional thread of that film.
2: Give us
1: another one. Oh, I'm
2: yawning. Um, Next question yeah. for Sleepy Denny.
3: Uh, okay, this is from BFF of the show, Abby Howe. Um, what is it about musicals that is not appealing to you both? Oh, that's a
1: good one. I've got my answer.
2: <sighs> Go ahead.
1: The theory of a musical... Is that you singing a song happens because the emotion you were trying to express was too powerful to be done with just words which is a very cool idea in premise and is not usually why they sing a song in a musical they do it to do another song most of the time Um, other than that I honestly used to love musicals I was really big into theater in high school And then I went a couple of years without watching one and like thought about it and was like, I fucking hate these (laughs) despite my number two favorite movie of all time being a musical. Um, but I would say ultimately because yeah, like I, most of the time that they're singing, I don't think the emotion justifies the song being sung. I just think they're doing it to do it.
2: Um, this one's hard for me. I don't think I've ever really thought of like how to put it into words
3: Put it into song. Sing it, Greg. Put
2: it. It's just such a strong emotion that I have to sing
3: about
0: it.
2: These movies, they sing their
0: feelings
2: and it makes me feel so fucking bored. Love
0: it.
2: I think a lot of it for me is just like it puts a pause on the narrative The um, the story Sure So the story is flowing along We start getting conflict And a, a song doesn't feel like I don't know It feels like you're hitting The pause button On the story And not the I don't know it's hard to explain. Like we're not, we're not continuing with the flow of a story in a natural manner. Mm-hmm. We're just hitting pause to convey emotions for like three minutes, and like by the end of the song, I'm completely sucked out of whatever was happening in the story. Sure. Like I'm I'm completely broken off. Like wait, what are we singing this for again? Mm-hmm. And then like even though we may come back to it soon after, I'm just like. We didn't explore this in a human manner, so I just I feel like we got distracted from what was going on, and now we're back, and now I'm not focused on what was happening. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is for me. It just feels like an unnatural break yeah. in like storytelling. The
1: songs tend to get in the way of depth. Like There's not yeah. a lot of depth to most musicals. It's, mm. it's a lot of sizzle, not a lot of steak,
3: in yeah. my opinion. I can see that.
2: Oh, he's got, he's got the sizzle, but he doesn't got the steak.
3: Ooh.
2: I'm gonna take my emotional break. Oh, oh my
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, are sequels ever as good as the original? And what are some that you can think of other than Empire Strikes Back? Taking that one off the table. Aliens. You haven't seen it.
2: He's seen it. I have He's seen oh, it. Oh, okay. I
3: thought you said you did.
2: I, I, Yeah, I was saying I hadn't seen it until like maybe uh, three or four gotcha, years ago. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
3: No, I agree with that one.
2: Um, sure. Yeah. Alien is still better, but Aliens is an incredible sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, Sequels that are better than the original. Oh, uh, no, As good. Rescuers Down Under.
3: Agreed. Oh my gosh. Yes. I so agree. Yes. Better than The Rescuers. Yep. Uh, 100%. Joanna.
2: I've got a couple. <laughs> You steal my eggs. I fucking love that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Anytime on a ropes course, sorry, this is my one last thing about that, but like on a ropes course when oh, yes. someone is like jumping and you're tied, like you're hooked in in the back and you're just like hanging from, and they've got like a chest and like waist harness, but they're hooked in on the mm-hmm. back. All I see is Joanna being lowered down to the Eagle's nest. And just yes. Like, like, Oh my God. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Albatross Airs, a fair, fair from here to there. I
3: love it so much. Have you? You've not seen it, have you? Nope, I haven't.
1: Uh, I, uh, I had it as a kid. I don't remember it. I had the VHS. It's so
2: it's, it's an incredible piece of so '90s good. animation. It's still impressive animation mm-hmm. to this day.
1: Um, I've got a few. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street three, Dream Warriors is better than Nightmare on Elm Street, um, without a doubt. Yeah, no question about it. Um, I'd put Gremlins and Gremlins 2 right on the same level. Um, mm-hmm. they're, both, they're both pretty great movies. Um, I don't want to hard commit to this. Cause I'd want to rewatch before I really owned it. But I believe on my Critic or Robocop 2 is rated higher than Robocop. Mm-hmm. Um... Those are just a few off the top of my head. I have seen a handful of sequels that I did think were better than the original, but they are really, really, really rare. Yeah. Um,
3: and they don't even have to be better than, but as like good just as, as good. Yeah, yeah, like, is that, I, I feel like being better oh. than the original is a big ask, but being as good as, because so often they suck balls.
1: You know what? How about, go ahead, Greg.
2: How about the third Harry Potter movie? Oh. The one with the real film director.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got I've got a trilogy that I would rate exactly the same for different reasons of each. Evil Dead, Evil Lord Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. nice! All, all have the same score on Criticor. For me,
3: I would also say Lord of the Rings trilogy. The like original Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm. I think, fel- yeah, is on level with each other.
1: I think Fellowship. they're on the same. Fellowship level. is better than the other two.
3: I mean, I think so too. But I think that yeah. they are like. Minimally, and I'll
1: make a fucking case for it too. No, no, I I agree.
3: Me. Like you, you can't have the other two come. without Fellowship. <laughs> it, it is the best movie of the three, but I do think the other two are on par with, like, Fellowship.
1: I mean, they're all close. Like, yeah, I, I, they're but, all real close. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it, we're we're splitting hairs mm-hmm. if we're really gonna argue about it. Honestly,
3: um,
2: who's got our next question, Vanessa?
3: Yeah, I've got another one. Uh. For foreign films, would you rather uh, read subtitles or have it dubbed in English?
2: Subtitles.
1: If it's animated, if it's animated, I want it dubbed. If it's live action, subtitles.
3: Yeah, same.
2: That makes sense. Um, my my problem is I've got a fiance that English is her second language, mm-hmm. so watching a movie that is already in a language that's not Spanish or English. And then having to read only English subtitles is very, very challenging for yeah. her. Very fair. So, English dub with English subtitles is her preferred method. Mm-hmm. But for just me, I would rather watch like *Parasite*. I would rather watch uh, Korean dialogue with English subtitles. Yeah,
3: one hundred percent. Yeah.
2: And she didn't like that movie because of that. Oh, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: can I? Can I backtrack a little bit? Mm-hmm. Did you say Chris Columbus is not a real film director?
2: No. Director what? of
1: Harry Potter and the Source. Oh, Stone.
2: whatever. Shut up.
1: He made Home Alone. So she that's how that. we're gonna play it. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is how we are gonna play it. Chris Columbus, according to Greg, is not a real film director.
3: Let's see. Should we skip these? Like either one of these here or just kind of finish up on?
1: You 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 got it, baby.
3: I I don't know, I'm just
1: I, can I tell you one I really like? Yeah. What's your favorite uh straight to streaming movie?
3: Oh yeah. I yeah, like yeah.
1: that one a lot.
2: I'm just saying that Christopher Columbus is not as good of a filmmaker as Alfonso Cuarón, the director of Roma and Children of
1: Men.
3: No, I agree. Yeah. No
1: one said that. Fucking straw man, fucking ass rear guard ass, fucking fucking shit.
2: Swears, swears, swears.
3: Yeah, what what is your favorite made-for-streaming-service movie?
2: Made for... Oh. Uh, oh. Um, Denny, go ahead. I'm going to have to think about this one for a sec. I'm
1: thinking of ending things. And I was, was going to see that one. So is that is that triple? Is that all around that, consensus? No, that's
2: that's not for me. But I was going to say like I bet I was going to say like you
1: can pick this one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's without a doubt my favorite straight to streaming movie. Oh, um,
3: it's not Girls Trip.
2: I mentioned. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier uh sound of metal for amazon prime
3: i'll
1: give a second place to palm springs
3: i loved palm springs yeah
1: i haven't seen sound of metal so yeah I, no yeah. no way in there watch it
2: with me so i can cry at the end credits again. i'd love to awesome with company
1: vanessa what you got
3: all right for favorite,
1: favorite stranger streaming
3: um I mean, I, I think that I would honestly like Palm Springs is my favorites from a couple years ago. Um, and then also like, I just, I, I really, really, really liked, um, what's it called? The first thing you said?
1: Um, I'm thinking of
0: ending things. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah
3: no, I, I loved
2: Special that. love to Bad Trip starring Eric Andre. <laughs> for netflix
3: yeah Be halloween If we're... Jesus. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: how many more questions do we want to do before uh before we wrap it up uh whatever
2: vanessa's got i'm good with she has um, a lot
3: yeah i've i've got a couple more um i mean one of them Let's that do... i was gonna do is like what is the biggest like in your opinion what's the biggest oscar snub of like re- recent uh, history or something like that like we're not have to go
2: tony collette for hereditary
1: I'm going to say in the same year, Interstellar for Best Picture and Lego Movie for Best Animated Feature. Mm. I will never damn. get over yes.
3: that. Yeah.
1: But also, Toni yeah, Collette, pour some out. She's the shit. Like, one of my favorite actors.
3: No question about it. Mm-hmm.
2: Incredible, incredible performance in that movie. Didn't even get nominated. Get fucked.
1: What about you, Nessa?
3: Um, I mean, those are, like, I feel like we have very similar things. Like, that. that was such, like, Lego Movie not even being, like anything at all nominated it was so
2: good not song not animated feature get out of here dude Um, come on
1: i I think it got song no no
3: it it didn't didn't. no it didn't get anything like it was literally oh uh
2: another one sufjan stevens losing to that stupid ass coco song
3: oh yeah it
2: was fine but sufjan stevens Uh song um, uh, Uh uh Mystery of Love, I think.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, so...
2: Uh, he did it for Call Me By Your Name. Oh,
1: that movie uh, fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Mysteries, of, Mysteries of Love is the name of the song.
1: To reference a recent episode... It's a
2: fucking incredible song.
1: While, while we're on songs, uh, Sing Street not even getting a nomination for Best Original Song.
2: Yeah. yeah we said, um, what was the movie that got two of them? Uh, La La Land got two of them. Fuck um, La
3: La Land. I mean, Get Out... Didn't get...
1: It was nominated, wasn't yeah,
3: it? Yeah, it, it was nominated, yeah. It
1: should've won. It like, should've won. Shape of Water.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Solid, solid movie. Best film of the year. <sighs> come the fuck on. Come... Yeah. Better... Shape of Water is better than Get Out. Come the fuck on.
2: Dude.
1: Also, The Wrestler should've won the year. Plus. It was nominated.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree.
2: You heard everything about that.
0: That... <laughs>
1: What else you got for us, Vanessa?
3: Um,
0: yeah, ask another oh, question. Also, Pulp Fiction really lost best, fiction,
1: best Feature to Forrest Gump. Yeah. And I, I, I say to this day, it's why the film community hates Forrest Gump, um, which I don't I, think deserves the hate that it gets. I think it's a really good movie, but I think that people yeah. still yeah. aren't over it beating Pulp Fiction, which it shouldn't have um, in 1994. Uh, I,
2: I, I, I still get a little miffed that Saving Private Ryan didn't win Best Picture well, in well, 1999. year. Uh, Romeo and Juliet.
1: Oh.
2: Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah.
1: Boz Lerman has a Best Picture winner. I love Boz, but, like, good for him, but, like,
3: come on. Um, <sighs> let's see, is is there a difference between a movie and a film?
1: No, I use the terms interchangeably. Yeah, I think so, too.
3: I I think that, like, there's a slight higher caliber to a film. And in, in my opinion, that like, I, I won't call some things films, I'll sure. call them movies because they don't deserve the title of film.
1: That's fair. To- That's
2: fair. Totally understandable. Yeah. For me, it's like, like album Madison versus record. I,
1: don't know. I would never
0: yeah, call Billy I,
3: Madison a film. Generally, <laughs> I use them interchangeably. Like, I'll, I'll still call things that I consider films movies, but I won't consider, like, I, I, I won't call, like... Hoobie Halloween or whatever the fuck it's called. I will never call that a film. A that
1: recent is... film I watched was Big Daddy. <laughs> 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 you would sound um, stupid.
3: Ooh, this one's <laughs> fun. What was your blockbuster rental repeat from childhood?
1: Heavyweights. Constant. Uh,
2: Vanessa, tell me you have something.
3: Um, I mean, Heavyweights was a really big one for us. Also, um... What was that movie about a dolphin? No, it Clipper. was... No, 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 no. Zeus and Roxanne. No. Uh, I loved Zeus and Roxanne. That was a big one. Um, no, 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 no. Andre. Andre was That's a... about a seal. I know. That's what oh, I was God. saying. It wasn't a dolphin. You just didn't let me... You did not let me finish that sentence. Um, <laughs> Marine life. Yeah.
1: Um, I rented my pet monster so many times that my dad made a VHS copy of it because oh he was tired gosh. of renting it.
3: Amazing. I
2: I don't know. I think... I want to say Emperor's New Groove again, but I feel like we bought that at some point.
1: Mm. You couldn't buy heavyweights, I guess I don't... you couldn't find it. I had to keep renting it. Yeah. We also wore out wrestling VHSs. We rented so many wrestling VHSs every week. For us,
2: it was a lot of video games. It wasn't a lot of movies.
3: Um, what is more important, acting or special effects?
1: Acting good special effects won't save a bad performance
3: sure no i i agree
1: but a good performance can make you overlook some bad special effects
2: acting because i've never been wowed or not never been wowed by special effects i shouldn't say that yeah basically everything denny said yeah I've definitely been wowed by special effects, but I've never seen a movie with like wow factor special effects that had bad performances yes,
3: exactly like that needs to be the thread that underlies everything that like yeah. it can it can cover a multitude of sins, but you can have amazing special effects, but if there's any bad acting, then it immediately goes down
1: i hundred percent
0: agree yeah exactly
3: mm-hmm. um let's see anything else. Uh, I mean, someone asked about, like, what do y'all think about the modern day final girl? Is that trope still a thing?
1: I think if you do it now, you need to be making a commentary on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be done really well. Um, I'd like to see some more final boys. Um, I like, I like men showing vulnerability and caring about other men. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're gonna do the modern final girl trope at this point in the conversation, um, you've gotta be self-aware about it, because it's something that was a harmful trope in the sense that it was like she didn't break rules or do sex stuff and that's why she lived her virginity is so pure um you know like it it and again coming from Laurie Strode is the OG final girl i don't think it started out that way mm-hmm. um i think Laurie Strode is the shit and a badass and always was and she just wasn't into the party scene and that was kind of coincidental mm-hmm. um that's kind of how i look at Laurie but um, I I think it was something that was so. I I I hate the overuse of the word problematic, and I'm trying to think of another one to use. But
3: it was problematic. I think it was men policing
1: women's sexuality, and you've gotta yeah. you've gotta have a conversation about that if you're gonna do it. It just doesn't it doesn't hit uh, in a if you're just doing it. If you're doing it without a commentary, I think it's going to come across as offensive whether you mean it to mm-hmm. or not. So, I don't know. What about you guys? I,
3: I essentially agree. I think you summed it up really, really well.
1: Yeah, it was good that a male spoke it. for a woman on that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's
1: that's right. <laughs> you asked the question. It was the format.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, but I, I, I agree. Like it's I, I would just be saying the same thing, essentially. Do you, you have
1: any well. like unique female insights that we're missing?
3: Um... I think, yeah, the the thing that I, I think, it, it, it would literally just be a commentary on, like, what used to be the final girl. Like, if that is going to be a thing, then, like, let's switch it up and have it be, like, the unlikable person, like, who doesn't have qualities of a girl that you would want to save. Like, yep. someone who is unlikable, who is un... You know uncooperative who is not very kind to you know like what whatever it is the things that you're not looking for in like a heroine mm-hmm. traditional heroine type I, I think that it could be cool to turn that on its head or like non-binary characters things mm-hmm. like that like let's get more representation in that genre that you can still play with this idea of the trope but change it up to make it more inclusive for everybody final boys final nbs whatever yep. you know
1: Shout yeah, out anything. to my scream kings. I'll express concern for your vulnerability and not feel like less of a man.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll just watch Cabin in the Woods.
3: And <laughs> there you go. speaking of vulnerability, uh, what is the last movie that you cried or teared up during?
1: Ooh. Sound of Metal. I tear and sorry. Go ahead
2: and cr- yeah, end credits of Sound of Metal. Just the peak reaching of understanding about yourself your situation your future um coming to grips with reality followed up by one of the best original songs in a movie and i'm getting emotional just talking about it again yeah. it did it for me
1: what about you vanessa
3: uh for me it was um film Louise. louise that really like we just recently watched that one um i actually like I I have, over the years, become much more sentimental when I'm watching films. Um, I think I used to not really let things affect me as much as I do now. Um, and now I I do. I allow myself to be affected by the things that I watch and the things that I interact with. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, just a really, like, that last scene just really, really got to me. Um, like you, I'm also feeling a little bit emotional just even talking about it. But just that freedom, that... They were finally able to feel and experience that they could not capture within their real life and the way that it kind of um demonized women like a lot of different things they were fucked from the beginning and then it just kept getting worse like there was no way out for them either where they were probably like their lives as they knew them were going to end and they'd finally found some freedom in who they were and coming into themselves and really like gaining access to their voices to have that be, like, how they went out on their own terms. And I thought it was a really beautiful picture of, like, owning their femininity and their vulnerability um, in that way as well.
1: Fuck yeah. Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis, ladies and gentlemen.
3: They're great. Mm. Some
1: bad motherfuckers.
3: hmm
1: If there ever were any. Um, I, I don't cry a lot. Um, especially at movies. I tear up all the time. That's why.
2: And you do care a lot. I do care a lot. Which is why your pick. As you
1: fucking dare. I almost I almost picked that for next week. <laughs> but then I was like, I will never. Fuck watch off. That again. We're, not
2: we're not doing, doing that. that.
1: That's, we're never doing <laughs>
2: Consensus it. Consensus overrule. We're putting it in the
1: Star Wars category. <laughs> we don't do it. Um, nice. So. Uh, you know, it's not like a masculine thing that I think it's cool that I don't cry a lot. I think I have an emotional block from some trauma mm. that I've tried no, to absolutely. address a lot in therapy. Um, Vanessa knows I do a dry cry a lot. Mm. Like, I'll go through, like, all the motions of crying and, like, tears won't come out of my face. Um, so I, I tear up pretty often, like, get really close to the point that it's not even significant at all. The last movie that I remember, like, really weeping in was Won't You Be My Neighbor.
0: Oh, God.
1: I just, Mm. like, I'm, like, ten minutes into it. And I'm not even joking. This should have been what's one of the most unique experiences you've had in a theater. Yeah. Vanessa was literally handing out tissues tissues. to strangers. Yeah. Because, like, the whole (laughs) theater is just, like, together crying at just seeing everything we ever felt like we needed in childhood, yeah. um, and realizing how intentional the man who gave it to us was about mm-hmm. giving it to us, um, mm-hmm. and I he, like
3: couldn't give that to himself. Yeah, Ugh, I'm like Ugh. literally on the verge of tears right now thinking about it. I Ugh, wept. it was beautiful.
1: I wept. I wanted to give everyone in that neighbor. theater
3: a group hug, and I did not know them at all. But we'd we done we should have had a processing together. session in the parking <laughs> right. lot with
1: a bunch of strangers. Honestly, yeah, like absolutely. That, I I think "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" should be shown in play therapy classes. One hundred percent. Like I I,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I I think it's like educational and brilliant, and I I just wept. I just wept the whole time.
3: Yeah.
1: Got any others for us, Vanessa?
3: Um. I've got um. What small change would have saved a bad movie or ruined a great classic? I'm
1: about to break a rule. Or would have
2: ruined a great classic. Oh, this is kind of a
3: spoiler, I think. I'm gonna
1: save... I'm gonna save a movie with one small change. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is the one time we will ever do Star Wars. Okay. Spoilers for Solo, a Star Wars story. This is not my idea. It belongs to James West. At the end of the movie... Tune out if you have not seen Solo, and for some reason you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: Now that zero people have tuned out.
1: (laughs) All our listeners are still here. If at the end of the movie, with all that MacGuffin shit that he was going after, all that valuable, I don't even remember what it was.
3: Who the fuck knows?
1: Han Solo gives them to the Rebels, which therefore literally completes his entire arc in a new hope before a new hope happens so therefore renders a new hope kind of a pointless movie my friend james west had the idea that it would have salvaged the whole thing if he went and sold them to jabba if he sold those things to jabba the hut and proved himself to be a wounded emotionally unavailable jaded scoundrel he didn't need like he we already have a new hope we know Mm -hmm. he redeems himself you know like um if instead of giving those to the rebels if he went and sold them to Jabba the Hutt I think it would have uh it would have changed the movie what do you guys got
2: Mm. I'm having a terribly hard time with this man Either ruin a classic with one small change or save a bad movie with one small change. Oh, I'm going to try
1: to ruin a classic then.
2: Dude, this is a really, really tough one.
3: Sorry, this one was one of mine. (laughs) My beat. That's a great question, though. I honestly didn't really think about it, but... um... I don't... There was something that I feel like came to mind earlier of like one of the th- one of the like movies that we were talking about that like is up its own ass about like expeditional dialogue or mm-hmm. something like that like just changing some of that to be like show don't tell like literally just mm-hmm. so much easier to just be like hey fucking show us don't tell us like yeah. that is I'm not reading now, a book. What is that movie? Cuz there's there's one that we've talked about a couple times and I can't think of it but it's like they show us the uninteresting bits, and then they talk us through the most interesting parts of this movie. Oh, it's
1: on the tip of my tongue, Right? Too. Like,
3: we've talked about this before. Oh, of like, why did you show shit. what you did, and you told us the most interesting part of this movie, and we didn't get to see it.
2: Is it a horror movie? What kind of movie is it? It's
3: like an action-y kind of movie, like. <gasps> Fuck, I know. I know. I'm, I, I'm sorry. With this you. is like the I, I've least got interesting nothing. part of this. <laughs> sorry, we're not.
1: Yeah, let, let's throw it to Greg. I've John, got nothing.
2: John, John Wick. What are you thinking? Was it action?
3: No. I, I I've got nothing else coming for it. I just know that it's something that Denny and I have talked oh, about before. They like
1: described everything I wished
3: happened. Yes, but yeah. Like, why did you not show us this and what you chose to show us was dumb?
1: Do you know what it is? What? It's Guardians too.
3: Oh my God! Yes, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's Guardians 2. of the Galaxy too. No way! They literally
1: yes. had characters <laughs> sit and talk. Uh, they didn't even they cut kept to a flashback. Don't you
3: knowing. Yes, don't you oh, know? God. Oh my, god. oh my god! Yeah,
1: it's like Star Wars prequels levels of sitting and talking. Like it's like the silliest, <laughs> talkiest thing since Revenge of the Sith.
3: God, I hate Guardians yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> small changes. I think the Hobbit series could have been saved by some very small changes, like um, not cutting it up the way that they did. I also had, like, there was That's another... a massive
1: change. <laughs> That's combining whole movies.
3: Sure, like sure, sure. <laughs> Well, like, <laughs> that the, there needed was another a lot of big question that was, like, similar to this, that, like, what's a film that was ruined or vastly changed in post-production? Star um, Wars. Star Wars, and also, like, Improved. the whole Hobbit series was, like, totally ruined, um, because of post-production, like, critiques and things like that that, like, and also a massive strike going on in New Zealand, yep. scabs that came in to cross the picket line and things like yep. that. But
1: um, Star Wars is all post production. The first one, it's yeah, all... I, I
3: did say like were any made better by by post production. Yep. It was mm-hmm. the
1: score and George Wuc- Lu- George, George Lu- Lucas George Lucas's ex wife who he wiped from history, who edited that movie into mm. a fucking masterpiece. Dude made a fucking shit show of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Greg, you got anything? Small changes? Um
2: I I honestly can't think of anything, so I'm just gonna say don't kill the dog in the art of self-defense.
1: Yeah, that would have improved it.
2: There you go. Yeah.
3: Um I wanna ruin a classic. That's like I wanna be like the birds are otters, you know. is under siege by otters
0: oh
2: that's that's fucking good <laughs> you know what I'll, I'll i'll
1: you know that would spoil a whole movie i'm not gonna do it i already spoiled a whole movie um <laughs> god damn it
2: <laughs> i don't know how to ruin a classic um
1: won't you be my neighbor mr rogers gets oh. me too'd in five years
3: him. don't you dare don't
1: you dare don't you dare fred you dare. i need to believe in who you were let's go to another question this is stalling out
3: oh, okay let's um, wrap it
1: this is our last question
3: should... you guys
1: good with that
0: yeah
3: and yeah. then we'll go to
1: gimmicks favorite question favorite no line. no 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 oh, critics
2: favorite line from us yeah. what
1: <laughs> this is self-aggrandizing enough we had to ask people to ask us questions.
3: um let's see should we do their favorite disney channel movie yep or that's a good one to end on. genre? let's do both Okay, so let's do least favorite genre and why. Musical. Yeah, we already said why.
1: Drama.
2: Boring as shit. (laughs) Drama.
1: I hate drama. Drama? Um, What? I do do drama all day, every day at work. I can't do any more crying, Mm -hmm. personal growth character development-focused shit when I get home. I can't do it anymore.
2: <laughs> I'll do a runner-up that's like the raunchy shock comedy.
1: Oh, yeah. Fuck that shit. Uh,
2: Boring and bad. Yeah, Epic movie! Yeah, I think
3: like the... That or like, yes. I Like all of those like spoof movies that were in like the early mid-2000s, like that was just mm-hmm. like such, yeah, it was Like,
1: bullshit. literally ruined one of my favorite genres, which was spoof movies in the 80s and 90s.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh,
1: like Hot airplane. Shots, yeah. Airplane, mm-hmm. uh, Naked Gun. Naked yeah. Gun actually kind of sucks, yeah, to be honest. But... Um,
3: I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I think, like, it, it'd be more like the, the things that I'm so uninterested in watching, like, just gore for gore's sake, or like that, like needlessly violent and gratuitous, like kind of like I'm um,
0: torture, porn, torture stuff. porn.
3: Thank you. That, that's more, I was like, not snuff yeah. films, obviously, I don't like snuff films, but like to that point, that like things that I would be watching because I don't watch snuff films. Um, but mm. yeah, like the yeah, torture porn shit, thing, things like yeah. that, that just like about gore in that way like yep. make make it fun make it funny you Fair. know buckets of blood i'm here for but like yeah torturing I, people for no reason i'm really not
1: as much as i love gore and body horror i'd agree with you mm-hmm. we learned our lesson from funny games oh, okay. um just, but just, i
3: love that that was good
1: well funny games was meant to like punish you for liking yeah porn. you know like to like mock yeah. and shame you um no i love gore i love body horror i do not like uh just torture you know, like that it's also cheap. Like it's just cheap and lazy.
3: Yeah.
1: Vanessa, bring us home. What's our last question? All right. I'm tired.
3: Favorite Disney Channel original movie.
2: Brink. Uh I didn't have cable as a kid, so that's the only one I'm really confident <laughs> with.
3: There.
1: Vanessa, what you got?
3: Um I did love Brink, but I also really loved like uh I, I really like Luck of the Irish? I, I liked Luckily the Irish, and I also really liked Johnny Tsunami. Mm.
0: Um,
3: Johnny Tsunami nice. was great. Also, The Color of Friendship taught me about the apartheid. I had not known about that before.
1: Well, not including Shia LaBeouf in his most dramatic role yet in True Confessions. Um, <laughs> that was the commercial for True Confessions. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with The Elephant in the Room. The DCOM. That I do not know why is not on Disney Plus. And I think it is a massive, massive black eye mm-hmm. on the reputation of a quality streaming service.
3: I know what you're talking about. Best My movie.
1: Date with the President's Daughter, mm-hmm. starring Will Friedle.
3: Oh, so good.
1: Legendary. The best DCOM, no There's a great about song.
3: It. There's even a great My date, date with,
1: with the, the president's, president's Daughter.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Great. I tweeted Will Friedle. On election day last year, and told him we needed, like, we needed him to do something <laughs> so America could watch that.
3: Yeah.
0: Hell yeah! All right,
1: let's put this baby to bed. I'm tired, and so bad. is our audience. I'm,
2: I'm the baby. Put me, put to, bed. me to bed,
1: baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what are we doing next? Hey. What are we doing next week?
2: Is that what you're trying yeah. to yeah, say? Next
1: week. What are we doing?
2: Um. Uh, well we kind of teased it already okay. mm-hmm. we also came up with it earlier
1: <laughs> in the episode
2: uh movies for when you want to give a movie a second chance i have already um penciled in the kid for the third pick uh denny and i just need to pick our own i've movies. got mine you got I've
0: yours got
1: what you got and it's going to surprise a lot of people Terminator 2. Mm. I've got some hot takes.
2: I look forward to that, but I'm a little concerned. Most
1: people are, but most. Are people you about to sheep. be terminated, fucker? fucker? <laughs> Greg, do you have yours, or do you need some more time to think?
2: Uh, I'll need some more time to think, honestly.
1: All right, you sexy bitch. That's fair. That's uh, What's the best movie for when you don't have enough time to watch three movies?
3: Pulp Fiction. Pulp
2: Fiction. Fiction. That's right. We got the winner.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks for participating. Yeah.
3: Thanks for all the questions, everyone. Thanks to the Bachelor Party for all their questions.
1: Thanks to Vanessa for sticking with us. Yeah. This whole long ass podcast.
3: Absolutely.
2: <sighs> Fucking hell. All right. Let's all go to bed. Let's yeah, go to bed. I'm,
3: I'm very sleepy. All
2: right, Denny. Uh, put me to sleep with a uh, catchphrase, if you could.
1: Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Mama's That's gonna. Not oh. It. For Greg, work. The Snore Work Johnson. In Vanessa, snuggles in her blankies, Taylor. I'm Denny, Sweet Dreams Taylor. already told you when
0: night night
1: we already told you when, when mother